0: Street Talk Wireless knows there are plenty of reasons you might need a new phone. But switching to a better wireless provider doesn't have to be one of them. Keep your own phone and save when you switch to any Straight Talk wireless plan. Like our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with unlimited high-speed data and 5 gigs of hotspot. Plus, nationwide 5G and America's best networks. Keep your own phone. Switch to a better wireless plan. Straight Talk Wireless. Available at Walmart and Walmart.com. Requires a compatible unlocked phone and QIOP kit. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. See latest terms and conditions at StraightTalk.com.
1: Drive. Which means we can officially start this show. Space exposure, Kevin. Nice to have you both here, and uh, Nancy Thane. Welcome to Sor Chat on your first visit. Very much appreciate it. John Marshall, welcome to Sor Chat. Hi, gorgeous Heather McIntyre. How are you? Bigfoot Rob, thanks for coming on in. Judy of Gaul, and uh, yeah, there's the super chat from Stephen. Thank you so much, buddy. Nice to see you. And write that down else we got here uh, let's see we're scrolling angel and how are you my beautiful friend and uh, where are you uh let's see here mm-hmm. oob to joe's mane you've got aliens little timmy senor thank you for that super chat buddy appreciate that good that we'll have tim on with the ufo report later on in the show desert rat good to see you samantha thank you so much for the super chat, very much appreciate it. Remember to brawl for it all, Samantha. That's what it's all about. And uh, Harry Man, welcome to SoR chat. Good to see you. And uh, Pamela Batari, welcome. I probably butchered your name. I'm sorry if I did dirty filth. Good to have you here, Latro. Thanks for coming on in. All the super chats kick it off. We really appreciate it. Horns up! Let's rock. Hey, hey. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show and our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at YouTube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Come. Ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, just hang out with Chime Charities. Help make people feel better today. All right, here we go. we got a great, impactful show for you tonight. Dr. Kelly Schutz is here talking ghosts and aliens. In hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Then Tim's back for the UFO report. Shirky Poo will have the news doctor Kelly Schutz is no stranger to experiencing unseen energy. She has sensed the unexplained paranormal extraterrestrial phenomena since the ripe young age of nine, with her abilities beginning around three or four, known as an experiencer and citizen researcher. To date she has encountered one hundred plus paranormal and three to four perceived extraterrestrial visitations what appears to be with what appears to be no end in sight. Kelly feels, the explained, is attracted to her because of her varying energy frequencies. Neurodivergent beacon, she calls herself. She's clairaudient, clairsentient, psychokinetic, and has telepathic abilities. Yes, telepathic abilities. How I got to try this? I'm sending her messages right now. No, 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 no. I don't know if she's getting them or not, but it is. Hey, Kelly, how are you doing? Welcome to Spaced Out Radio, Dr. Kelly. How are you?
2: I am fine, Dave. How are you? And hello to everybody out there. Yes, Dave, I did receive your thoughts.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. You know, I have to say this. There are very few phenomena out there that absolutely, totally, 100% captivate me. Number one, I'm outside of the norm, okay, because I love chasing Sasquatch. I love the paranormal. I love the aliens and UFOs. But time travel and telepathy are two of them that I absolutely just want to sink my teeth into and, and be a part of that world. You know, I think there's something really cool about it. You know, I don't know if time travel is real. I want to believe there. telepathy. I believe we just haven't really dipped into deep into our mind yet to make it happen. But I want it to happen. I need it to happen. so uh, we're going to get into telepathy a little bit later on for you, since age three or four, you started having abilities i mean you're 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 a grown woman now I mean that's a long time you know to live a life of of high strangeness. Dr. Kelly
2: yeah, um, so when it started for me at around I would say, well, you know, age three, I think things started off, but Age four is when I I started noticing some really unusual things. And so, for an example, um, people always ask me, well, what did you experience? And what I was experiencing then was um, at the age of four, I was having dreams. And in these dreams, I unfortunately, though, was having like traumatic events happening And so I would see things like airplane crashes or civil unrest or um, things that were of the negative nature. But what was really weird about all this is that at that age, um, you know, I'd go into watch cartoons on the old black and white television box thing. I think most of those that are around my age would remember the old box black and white. But what was really odd is that... um, I'd be standing there and I'd be watching a show or the news and it would literally replay everything that I had seen in my dream. And I thought, now when you're a four-year-old kid, you're not thinking, Oh, how you know, how interesting. You're thinking, huh, how coincidental or well, oh well, that's that's odd. And it was probably about um I'd say a probably good three, four or five times of that happening that all of a sudden I started thinking to myself, um, I don't think this is a coincidence anymore. Even at the young age, I started to get the idea that something was a, a little bit off here. And so there did come a point, Dave, though, when I thought I was actually causing these events because I would dream them and then they would show up on TV. And I thought, no, I must have had something to do with it. So that's where it That's where it began.
1: Was this a family trait?
2: Okay, that's a good question. All right. So when you're young, you're not thinking along that lines, but when you get older and you've had enough under your belt to start to put the dots in place, I would have to probably say that this might have been a maternal trait. So I just recently found out from a cousin that there was um, some abilities in the maternal line of the family that went back probably generations. And who knows what gene I probably received along the way, but it sounds to me like there was some of that. But for those of you out there who have families, perhaps like mine, we never had discussions about anything like this or abilities or sensitivities. In fact, it was kind of like, you know, it'd be kind of like, you know. Um, And so when you're finally learning about yourself as life goes along, then all of a sudden you start putting your pieces together. So, yes, I would say maternal, yes, but I would also say probably paternal as well.
1: Right. I know for myself you know, nobody in my family has ever admitted it, even though we all think it comes from my mother. You know, no. uh, like my sister used to say, you know, that my mom would have weird, weird things happen where, you know, my sister would be doing something that she shouldn't and my mom would automatically know about it. But my mom coming from a, a very, you know, deep Mennonite Christian background where where that having those type of thoughts is evil and dark and dangerous, you know, she's never admitted to it, you know, so I just kind of find it kind of funny now knowing what I know and doing what Mm -hmm. I do here with this show for you though, where did it really pick up? Did it start with ghosts? Did it start with aliens? How did it start for you when it started to pick up?
2: Well, um, I would say that it started to pick up unusually when I was around age nine to age 17. And the reason why I say that is because um, I had to go to my grandparents' house uh, after school to wait for my mom to get off from work to come and pick us up. Um, But usually I was there alone most of the time. And there was a situation when my grandparents were um, out doing errands and I was lying on the couch and just taking a nap when I had heard some very unusual, strange noises in the kitchen. And I thought, well, how on earth did they get home without me hearing, you know, the door closed? And I, you know how you are, you're groggy, you you go to, you know, wander to the kitchen. And as soon as I got into, not even into it, but just looked into the frame of the door, there was nothing in there. The chatter that I had heard that sounded like a party coming from the kitchen wasn't there. Years later, I discovered, um, doing my research, and again, it was taboo to mosey around in the research of the family, but I did anyway. I learned that there was an older woman who used to live in the house um, prior to who had a kitchen fire, and uh, she perished in that fire. And it was at that point, though, also that I have to tell you that when I was getting older and and in that house by myself, that I was literally physically attacked upstairs in um in one of the bedrooms. And I I can tell you if if anyone can leap downstairs like, you know, ten at a time, that's that that would have been me and running out of the house because Um, What happened up in that room was something that I wasn't expecting. I didn't think that anything demonic or evil or negative could even go into my grandparents' house because they were very Catholic. They were a house of love. There was nothing but love in that house, so I figured there's nothing but love in this house. But I was wrong because whatever was upstairs, I suspect, not sure, it was probably the um, probably the woman that perished, and she was probably angry about other people coming into the house or whatever. I'm putting my finger on that woman right now, but whatever it was was negative and potentially also maybe a little bit on the demonic side. but what happened to me was my first real attack experience when I was in that house, so
1: I mean, that had to be very traumatizing for you happening at such a young age. How did you battle through that?
2: I didn't. Um, I, every time I went over to that house after school, I sat out in their porch, even if it was like our weather right now, very cold, very snowy, very wintry, because every time I was in that house, they were gone. Um, doing errands, of course, and uh, unfortunately um, i wasn 't going to put up with that for very long. so my resolve was to just stay out of the house and a lot of times freeze out in the porch area because i couldn't i couldn 't bear going back in there, going back in there, I could sense and I could feel and this is the first point that I want to make about the discovery of of my abilities um, after looking back at them, that was the point I became clairsentient and clairaudient because it was like those senses woke up every time I was in that house. And so again, the house of love, not always the house of love, not if something is in there, not necessarily wanting you in there as well. So, That's how, that's how I dealt with it. I just sat out on the porch and froze to death all winter long. Oh
1: my, that had to be tough on you. Very Mm -hmm. tough on you. In in regards to your abilities, you know, uh, for some reason, when, whenever somebody opens up, they always start usually on the paranormal side and then it branches out to other areas as well. At what point did things start to branch out for you?
2: Okay, well, the branching didn't occur until um, I would say I was in my, could have, it could have been my 20s. However, the true branching came out probably more in my 50s. But if you wouldn't mind, Dave, I want to back up for Please, one second right if ahead. it's okay with you. Um, so one of the things that I'm a believer in now is uh, the statement, uh, be careful what you wish for because I live by that theme and I want to explain to you why. Um, when I was around age 14, I was on, when you had asked me the question, Dave, about do I think it came from my maternal side or my right. paternal side or where did it come from? Um, you know, it was one thing to have experiences on my maternal side in that grandparent's house. But when I was on my paternal uh, dad's property in a rural area, um, this is going to sound a little nutty, but maybe some of the listeners and watchers can, can relate to this. I used to walk around the country property, and it was a, a beautiful house, Dutch colonial, built back in the early 1900s, absolutely spectacular in the county. But when I walked around that property, this is my paternal, my dad's side, um, I always kept thinking to myself, there's something here that's kind of creepy, and I don't know what it is. I just can sense that something is kind of creepy here. And then I started doing what I would never recommend anyone to do. I started manifesting through wishes. I wish, I wish I could see a ghost. I know there's a ghost on this property. I wish I could see a ghost. And I said that about three times. That was around the age of about 14 to 16. Okay, so I never saw a ghost until I was in my young 40s. On that property in fact i saw two and i photographed two in a screen window and so one of the things that started to happen at that point is that's the point we can talk about telepathy in a bit that is where i became telepathic i became telepathic in my young 40s because of what i photographed on that property but I'm going to back up and let you take the reins here for the second because there's so much stuff I could talk about. Um, I want you to help me stay focused tonight. So. Oh,
1: oh, no problem. You know, in in regards to, you know, when you started to branch out, did you expect that to happen? Did you expect, no. you know, that it was just going to be ghosts and ghosts only or, or communication with ghosts? And, you know, because the one thing that I've heard from a lot of people over the years is the phenomena, once you take mention of it and you start accepting it, the phenomena really does take you in directions that you as a human may not be prepared for. And that can be scary at times.
2: Right. Okay, so I'm going to back up and go forward here on this. I need to give a little foundation so that way it makes some sense. All right, so at the point where I became really interested in wanting to do a lot of ghost research or investigating. I would say that was my young 30s, okay, because I was distracted in my 20s. I was going to college, and there are other things that were on my mind. Um, I did go to a psychic in my young 20s because I was having some difficulties, and she had told me one thing. And I, I couldn't figure her out at the time. But I think now things are starting to make sense. And this may help to answer your question along the way. She told me, she said, there is something about you that's very unusual. And, of course, I, was a, you know, I didn't want to be offended by that because I thought I'm here to get help from her. I'm not here to be criticized by her. But she was trying to make a point about something, and I understand her now. She said, your mind Your brain, there's something there that's very powerful. It is very powerful, but it's unusually powerful. And she said, You need to be careful how you use your brain, how you use your mind, because in the event that you get upset, or you know, in my case, extremely tired, it activates. And when you activate, things start to happen. Now I didn't understand that very well at first until I photographed that image in the screen window, Dave. And then what happened at that point is I thought I heard a telepathic message come to me from that photograph. When I was analyzing photographs, I noticed there was a little girl and a older man staring at me on this property. And this was my dad's property, the one I wanted to see a ghost on. Right. And so, um, what I'm getting at is that as soon as I heard this message, the message that came to me was, check the genealogy, there's an error in it, and it has something to do with the little girl that showed up in the window. And so I thought, oh, oh okay, this is really weird. I'm hearing, check the genealogy, what a wonderful message to hear. Well, they were right, whatever it was, whether it be trickster, whether it be actual relatives, which I think it, it was my relative speaking to me from that house, they were right. The genealogy was wrong. Now it was at that point, Dave, where I said to myself, oh my God, I can talk to ghosts. Oh my God. Oh my God. So what did I do? I do like most amateurish novel, you know, novice individuals, ghost hunting do without doing, not knowing much back then I set out to seek out as many haunted bed and breakfasts as I possibly could. And that's where my husband and I would stay to um, explore and investigate to see if other ghosts want to talk to me. And so here I thought I had this great ability and all that. And it was this point, Dave, where now I'm going to try to connect the dot back to what you're talking about. I didn't realize that with every single um, exploration I did in trying to seek out activity, which at the time I believed was paranormal and had some, by the way, many experiences, that my third eye would start to expand. And it would expand to the point where I would call myself now a neurodivergent beacon, and I shine like a lighthouse, and it seems like whatever it is out there will come to me. So when you're talking about extraterrestrial here, which we can certainly talk about, um, basically in a nutshell, I think that whoever it is or whatever it is that's around, around me or surrounding me because I have a whole lot of experiences here, wants to deliver itself to me very, very carefully. And I have several situations we can discuss um, whenever you're ready for those, um,
3: because I have plenty of this episode is brought to you by Smart Food. There are a bunch of ways to be smart during the holiday season getting the shopping done early, not sitting your aunt next to your mom, and snacking on Smart Food popcorn. It's air pop popcorn tossed in delicious white cheddar cheese or sweet and salty kettle corn. You are what you eat. Welcome to the Smart Club. Shop now at snacks.com.
0: Shop Black Friday deals at Academy Sports and Outdoors. Get up to 50% off bikes, up to 50% off Adidas, Puma, and Champion Fleece, and 40% off Magellan Outdoors outerwear. Visit your store or academy.com. Deals end November 26th. Exclusions and restrictions apply. See academy.com slash disclaimers.
2: Paranormal. I have plenty of extraterrestrial. And I also am wondering now if there's a, a connection or a relationship between them. And I sometimes I wonder if I've gotten them mixed up. And so... I'm going to throw the reins back to you, Dave, here and let you go ahead and hit the next tennis ball at me.
1: Well, we have two and a half minutes here before we have to go to break at the bottom of the hour. Dr. Kelly Schutz is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Kelly, uh, for you, uh, you know, there's not enough time to get into your experiences. We'll do that in the next half hour. But at this point of what you have gone through on your journey, is there anything that surprises you anymore? Do you still get caught off guard?
2: Um, yes, uh, of a 30 seconder here. I was just at a conference in Vernal, Utah. And uh, my husband and I were in a hotel room. Um, and uh, we were both in uh, separate, like queen size beds, you know, just relaxing. And all of a sudden, what caught me off guard was that my 20-25 pound uh, backpack went catapulting off of the bench. Cat- it didn't fall. It catapulted onto the floor. And we both looked at it and, and looked at each other. And I said, it never stops, does it? It just keeps going on and on and on.
1: Oh, my goodness. What's that like when you see all of a sudden your backpack go flying across a room?
2: Well, if it was my younger days, I might have been a little bit more scared. But now what do I do is this. Hmm, good one. And And remind me to tell you the story about when I visited the jail because that one, I think your listeners will be very, very interested in hearing.
1: Oh, jails. Those things freak me out. <laughs> they freak me out too much negative energy around them. Way mm-hmm. too much. Do you like a good ghost hunt?
2: Yeah. Are you ready for the story? Or are we going to well,
1: well, we still got 40 seconds to kill. We can't have 40 seconds of dead air. So I'll, I'll just kind All of right. Say. Here we go.
2: Here we go, Dave. Here we go. Went to a tourist trap. There was a jail on this tourist trap. I was there by myself. I saw into the, looked into this dark jail cell and said, this was at a tourist trap. I said, if there's anyone in here, please stand by the back wall. I'd like to take your picture. Captured it. But better than that. Better than that. After we left that jail, went back to our cabin, which we were staying up in Wyoming, and um, the first thing I did when I got back to the to the room was I said to my husband, I need to make a phone call. And the phone call was to the front desk, and I said, I need the quickest local bar that you have, because I am awfully thirsty.
1: Hold that th- story right there. When we return, Dr. Kelly Schutz talks about her paranormal experiences and a little bit more. Aliens, telepathy. Oh yeah, we're getting into it all tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. All right, we are clear. Good first half hour. We got about five minutes here before we uh, come back. I I'm just want to let. Uh, we, I'm seeing a lot of new people in our chat room tonight. Thank you so much for giving us an opportunity. Don't forget to hit. Uh, subscribe and to give us a thumbs up or thumbs down if you don't mind uh, we are a live radio show and so we do things a little bit differently than what you would see on your normal youtube channel slash podcast so we have to time everything out with our radio breaks and so that's you guys uh, get a little bit of a, a look behind the scenes so that's what we are doing right now as we are on our first break of the night so, yes. Dave, do you
2: want me to finish my story or do you want wait, me to wait?
1: Wait until we come back. Okay. Wait, wait until we come back because that way the radio audience isn't left uh, is what uh Left, left, what left hanging. You got that yeah. right.
2: Mm-hmm. You got- so I'm going to give just a quick shout-out. Is it okay if I give a shout-out? Please. Out? Please. All in. right. So I do know, um, I can't really see who's in the chat room right now, but I do know that there's a few of you that uh, spoke with me earlier today that you were going to be watching, and I just want to say thank you so much, and and I know you're there. So, you know, like telepathy, Dave, I'm still, I'm, I, I can feel them. I can feel them in the chat room.
1: Mm, excellent. Excellent. Uh, where is, I'm trying to find the. Something here, just bear with me. Mm Where is the feed? Where is our feed? (laughs) 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 That's the insight. And let's go this way. Sorry, I'm just trying to find something here right now.
2: No, it's okay. I'm looking at um uh Dirty Felt's picture. I'm trying to figure out what he's up to.
1: Oh, I don't know. Let's take a closer look here while we're at it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Hmm.
1: Hi Music Maker, how are you? I'm trying to find the Facebook feed here. What is Dirty up to?
4: Mm. It's a mystery, Dave.
1: You are a mystery. You are a mystery, Dirty Filth.
4: Gotta keep them guessing right to the end.
1: Right to the end.
2: Dirty felt is it okay if I get a, a copy of that? Of course. That would be great. I'd like to showcase it.
4: I'd even I'll even send you a Christmas card to go with it.
2: Oh my goodness. Christmas to me.
1: He's that good. He's that yeah. good. Uh Patty Franks, why are you off YouTube? We're not off YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel and see us there. John Montoya, Sparkles, Analysia. all watching on Facebook tonight. Uh, Midnight
2: Squatchers, yes, I see that. Hi, John.
1: Uh, Heather McIntyre's a fan. Oh, my God, I am Hi, I'm Heather. Uh, Raz, James Weston. And who else has joined us here?
2: Is Anne still there? Anne Celine? Or is she off? Uh,
1: I think she disappeared. It's her birthday today.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Let's see here. How's my daughter? She's getting big. She's getting uh, closer. She's getting closer. I'm looking forward to it. Like two weeks away from meeting my grandson. Can't wait. So pumped up. All right, we got about... Uh, Shout out to Heather. Thank you, Heather. We got we got about 40 seconds. A big thank you to Typical Skeptic, Stephen Finnegan, uh, Little Timmy Senor, Samantha, and Thomas for the... S- for the Super Chats tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis, so thank you so, so much. Uh, Don't forget, you can go and do your shopping at spacedoutradio.com, including getting yourself one of these Grantavius Maximus shirts. There's Grant right there hanging on out. Go over to our website, pick it on up today. And don't forget, mark on your calendar May 19th through 21st, 2023 in Las Vegas at the Golden Nugget for the second annual Uh, fan party, we want you all there, so check it on out. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Second half hour of Space Uh, Out Radio uh, is now underway. my name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spaced out We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Pooh's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. All right, we continue on tonight with Dr. Kelly Schutz. We're talking paranormal, supernatural, strange things all night long with Dr. Kelly, and we thank her for being here tonight. Kelly, welcome back.
2: Well, Thank you for having me back, Dave.
1: Right before the break, you were talking about this spooky story in a jail. Of all places, I'll let you continue on there.
2: All right. So I'm going to recap this briefly. So my husband and I went. Uh, we were uh, we had le- just left, left this this conference, okay, and uh, in Utah, and we were on our way back, uh, going towards Salt Lake City, um, and we were up in Wyoming, and we stopped at this tourist trap, and uh, it was very interesting. But on this tourist trap land there was a single um, cell jail and it was just him and me wandering around meandering. And so um, we went, uh, he went one way and I said, oh, I'm going to go check out this jail. So I went into this thing and it was a, uh, yep, a single cell, very dark jail. So I thought, well, what the heck, right? So I, I flipped on my equipment. I had my camera and stuff with me at the time. And I said, If there's anybody in this jail, I would like to take your picture. And so would you please stand by the back wall? And as I was shooting, I noticed that there was some activity in there, but not just one, but there was actually two. All right, so left that property, went back to our cabin, and then what happened was the unthinkable. I am not a drinker. And so as soon as we got into the cabin, I said to my husband this, I need to make a phone call. I need to make it now. And I need to make it to the front desk because we were in a very small, small town. And so anyway, I called the front desk and I said, can you tell me where the nearest liquor store is or bar, anything with hard alcohol? Just tell me where it is. I need some. I get off the phone. My husband looks at me. He says, what is, what has happened to you? I said, I don't know. He goes, you don't drink. I said, I know I don't drink. But then I thought back to that jail and I thought, you know, I am one for attachments and I have had many attachments taken off of me. And I will tell you, I don't know who hitched a ride, but it who it, whatever was sure thirsty. So, um, I wouldn't say I was possessed, or under possession, but I would say something very strange had happened to me. So that's the story. I just thought everyone would be interested in that.
1: I think that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, attachments are are something that are pretty common when it comes to the paranormal that most people may not even realize that they have them. How does one tell if they have an attachment?
2: <laughs> I wish I knew, and I'll tell you why. Because there were things that were happening with me at one point. And, you know, I would never have been able to blame it on anything, uh, you know, directly except something that was happening in my, you know, immediate life. And so I had um, heard on a show once, there was a couple that um, had removed attachments from people. And I thought, well, you know what? There's so many weird things happening to me. Uh, Maybe they might know or answer this question for me. So I contacted them and they're in San Diego. And I had them on my show at one time uh, too. And I had said to them, I don't know how you can tell this, but um, can you tell if I have any attachments on me? Because a lot of weird things are happening to me all the time. And uh, the sister, it was a sister brother pairing had said that, um, she said, yes, actually, you have 16 attachments on you. And I thought, well, how the heck does somebody know that? This is very strange. Okay. And then, um, so anyway, long story short, I said, well, how do you get them off of me? I said, you're in San Diego. I'm in Minnesota. What do we do about that? She goes, no worries. She says, I'm not going to tell you when they're going to come off of you, but you will know. So I thought, oh, geez. So the next about a day or two after that, I was to interview the brother, okay? And um, it was the night before that interview. Now, Dave, I can't do a sit-up if I tried, all right? So, you know, in bed, I lifted up probably sometime mid-morning. My mouth went wide open, and I started to vomit air, air, air air and air. And I'm not kidding you. It was the weirdest experience of my life. Anyway, the next day when I interviewed the brother, I said, um, by the way, uh, did this thing like happen last night, uh, mid hour? And he goes, yes. And I said, all right, thank you. It was the strangest thing. Now, some people report when they have attachments taken off of them or out of them, that other things come out too, all right? But not in my case. I had a lot, a lot of air, but it was just absolutely creepy. So I was like like halfway up, kind of like in a levitated stance. And then when it was over with, I do remember falling backwards and hitting my head on the pillow. And then I went right back to sleep. And so I don't know, but I did tell them one thing. I said, out of all the attachments that you have, would you leave the one that gambles because I seem to do it pretty well with that one, so anyway, there's a story with that. But anyway, um, I don't know. I, I don't think they took that one, but indirectly they might have. But uh, you know, off and on on that. So <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, the gambler one would be fun to have. I I, I could use that one. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, right,
2: I need. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Right now, I have zero game. Zero game. My oh. my poker game has been in the toilet for about seven years. Eight years, and I can't <laughs> handle it right now. I'm getting sad. Well, do I dare?
2: Do I dare tell everybody that I've won eighteen, eighteen IRS ticketed jackpots in oh. the last four years out of twenty-two visits? Wow! That means four visits loss. That means eighteen visits walking out owing the IRS something. People ask me, what was the most you've ever won? I know that that's on somebody's mind right now. The most that I have ever won was $13,000. Um, they're usually above uh, anywhere from $1,500 to 3500 I can also, uh, what really creeped them out though when I was in Vegas was that I was in one of the casinos and I was playing one of these, um, kind of like a horse racing game, you know, the little plastic horses that, that go around this track kind of thing. And they had just introduced this game to the, to the casino. So I just thought I would just sit down. I was really, really super tired and I really just didn't want to be there, but I just, I threw a bunch of money on a number and lo and behold, I won. Yes, I won a jackpot. And the manager came over to me and he said, um, how did you do this? Because this game, this, this machine has never won. You're the first one to win off of this this machine since we put it in here. He says, "Uh, how did you do this? And, of course, what what am I supposed to say? Oh, this is my secret. I don't have a secret. I just know when I get very, very tired, I activate. And when I activate, everything that I I think or do or I see is usually um, spot on. But um, anyway, yeah, um, it doesn't happen all the time. But when it does happen, and you know, you need
1: the money. It's kind of nice to have. So very nice. Very nice. Uh, we got about 14 minutes here with, before we go to break and Dr. Kelly Schutz is our guest tonight on spaced out radio Kelly, you know, you've dealt with a lot of paranormal stories and helping people understand what is going on. Is there a story that really sticks out to you that where you've tried to help someone and, and it worked, or maybe it's been difficult
2: yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think she'll mind because I'm not mentioning her name. So, uh, a few years back, just a couple years back, um, I went to this haunted museum in Las Vegas, and um, and I'm prefacing this because it'll help people understand what I'm talking about. Because I I wore a cross I'm, and it's, I'm going to lead into that, Dave. I wore a cross going in there. I figured nothing was going to hurt me because I was a believer in God, and uh, I was wrong. I was attacked in the museum, and I shut it down for about eight minutes. It was very it was a very scary experience. When I left that museum. Of course, I won three thousand dollars after that. But anyway, putting that aside, um, let's see. That was a good moment. Maybe I should go back in the museum. But anyway, I had a phone. I had a, a message. It wasn't a phone call. It was a message from somebody who had been following me, and they had gone into that museum, and something had followed them home, and it was causing a riff in there in, in her house, and she lived in Boston. And so she was asking me, how do I get rid of this thing? Because she knew that I was in the museum. She knew I had experiences, so she connected that way. And I did my best to tell her, here, these are some of the things you might want to try or do or whatever. And she eventually um, she eventually just basically threw everything outside her house, lit it on fire, threw it outside her house. I'm not really sure that that was the right approach. I haven't heard from her since. I hope she's still alive. But, uh, you know, the the bottom line is this. I do have people reach out to me. And I do have people ask me, well, what would you do or what can you do? And I have to preface this with this. Not every situation is the same. Not every result or any solution to getting rid of something is the same. Um, And I have to emphasize that because it really depends on many different factors And so that's what you have to keep in mind if you're trying to get rid of something out of your house, because I have haunted three of my houses, three of them with poltergeist activity that would knock your socks off. And even for myself, I try different things and not always am I successful. So I am trying to work with me to see if I can calm me down to see if that might help some of my situations but not all not all answers are for everybody dave
1: no and, and that is a very very true i mean it's a very individual journey as much as you may yeah. try and and get done. Another-
3: this episode is brought to you by smart food there are a bunch of ways to be smart during the holiday season getting the shopping done early not sitting your aunt next to your mom and snacking on smart food popcorn it's air pop popcorn tossed in delicious white cheddar cheese or sweet and salty kettle corn. You are what you eat. Welcome to the Smart Club. Shop now at snacks.com.
0: Shop Black Friday deals at Academy Sports and Outdoors. Buy one, get one 50% off. Select Magellan Outdoors Apparel. Save $400 on a Redfield 64 capacity safe. And get an outdoor gourmet four burner griddle for two seventy nine ninety nine. Visit your store or academy.com. Deals end November 26th. Exclusions and restrictions apply. academy.com
1: slash number of people to help you out or try and figure out what is going on with you. And, and through all of this, you mentioned that you had some poltergeist activity happen. You know, for many of us, we've never experienced that. Take us through what that's like.
2: Well, okay. Um, I have a cheat sheet, so I'm going to just give give you a few examples. All right. I needed to get this cheat sheet here. Poltergeist activity. Um, let me start with one of the ones that was most frightening, which has seemed to open up my third eye a little bit more. Um, Europe, a few years ago haunted room Wanted the most haunted room in this bed and breakfast 900 year old property got the second most haunted room they would not put me in the first one because they said people don't stay more than 20 minutes in it and so I said I am here from the United States I'm writing a chapter in my book I want a story before I leave this place because it had supposedly 12 apparitions of all ages running around. Okay, go to the um, second most haunted room. First thing that I learned in going to this room is I walk through. Anyone here ever experience a, an electrical cobweb? Because if you've ever walked through one, it's like walking through static And you light up like a Christmas tree. Okay, so that was my first introduction to walking to our room, which was in a maze. Second thing was we had to knock on the door of the room because it would not let you in otherwise, and they were not kidding. So you had to ask permission. So you go into this room, decides to let you in. You get in there. It's a dreadful, sick feeling. So a lot of times, not in all situations, but in this situation, which was my worst, it was a dreadful, sick feeling. So what did my husband and I do? I said, I know what I will do. I will appease it. I'm going to offer it chocolates and champagne. And so I just know that it will uh, be friendly to us for the night if I do that. Not really. Okay, so I did notice um, when we went for supper, and when we were down at supper, the manager came to me and said, Could I please have your key to your room? The ghost will not let you let my man my management uh um, maintenance guy excuse me into the room because even after even after he begs. So I said, Well, why not? Because it just won't. We need your key. All right, so this guy goes into the room. Now keep in mind my husband's going, oh malarkey, oh you know, whatever. Because um, he felt he wasn't quite into the ghost things yet until we had that experience in that room. So we go back from supper. We're, we're appeasing everybody. Knock, knock on the room. May we come in. We go in. First thing I notice, handprints on my pillow. Now, most of you are thinking this right now. You're thinking, oh, the maintenance guy did that when he was in there. No, he didn't. I just know that. Second thing that we noticed, there was a, uh, a floor-length mirror that was like this, and it was bent like this, okay? Um, Oh, malarkey. Maintenance guy did it. No, he did not do it. Anyway, long story short, as we're getting towards bedtime, he throws the holy water into the bed as a, a sign of protection. I'm facing the straight the mirror, the floor-length mirror, and the minute he threw the holy water, he froze in midair, and the mirror did this, na-na-na-na-na, right at me, and it started cycling around, as God as my witness, and ended up like this. Now, I went into a major panic attack because I could hardly believe what I saw, I don't know what it was. I don't know who it was. I don't know where it was, but I do know that I could not sleep. All the batteries were dead in the room, of course, and in the morning when in the morning the wardrobe was the door was open, we packed up, we got we were going downstairs. The manager brought me back upstairs. I said, I don't want to go back up in that room. I said i had had enough of that mirror.' She goes, I have to ask you about this mirror. So like when you're asking Dave about helping people, she wanted my help. She wanted my help. Big girl from the United States. Okay, we go back up there. I'm sitting there to myself going, I do not like this mirror. I hate this mirror. She goes, I have to tell you what this mirror does. Every time my staff bends over to vacuum the floor, it lifts the bottom part of it, you know, lifts it up. And hits her in the bum every single time, and I would—I pre- presume it's it's a jokester, you know, guy or a flirty, a flirty guy. But to me, it was proving a point. It was basically saying, um, "You wanted a ghost story, you got it." And so that was the most frightful. But I have had many things happen, um, Dave. I've had books fly off shelves. I've had wardrobe doors fly open. I have things catapult off things to me i mean poltergeist activity or is it or is it me doing this i mean that's that's the question i'm investigating on myself now is this poltergeist or is it psychokinesis which is it apparently i seem to have this since i was younger but do i really have it or is it just the fact that i'm connecting with something and it's just connecting back with me i don't know so does
1: that help you, Dave? Well, I think it, I think it's very interesting <laughs> because everybody who has the whole poltergeist thing going down, mm-hmm. they they do say oh, we're not sure is it me who is causing this, mm-hmm. or is mm-hmm. it some sort of yeah. spirit activity that is causing right. it? And I I still lean towards the old um, the old spirit activity. I don't know yeah. if it's actually coming from within us. That that just sounds a little bit. Uh, to aggrandizing for me, you know, in giving us a little bit too much power, even though we don't know the power that we actually have. Did you ever see any of these poltergeist beings while this was going on?
2: When I walked through the electrical cobweb, um, when we first got there, and I walked through this thing and I lit up like a Christmas tree. Now, keep in mind, my husband had no effect. I walked through... Um, an apparition and the apparition was apparently standing there and you know like that static you hear from the electrical wires anyway when that happened I I went kind of dizzy and then I looked to my right or my left sorry I looked to my left and I actually saw the maid and I have a picture of her in my book but I actually saw the maid rushing around the corner I saw half of her face yes but I can also tell you, even though this doesn't relate to this situation, my husband did see his first apparition about 10 months ago. And it was a fisherman on a, on a boat at a museum in Iowa. And um, he was trying to tell me that the boat was haunted, and I didn't you know, buy into it at first until he described He's very adamant now. Nope, he saw an apparition. But now the question is this. Because my husband has been around me for all of these all of these ghostly experiences, am I having an effect on him because I'm evolving in my abilities and my strength of my abilities? Am I having an effect on my husband now because he never used to have this, but now he's starting to have it too?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it wears off, you know. It wears off. I mean you guys it's it's like wearing couples jackets. You guys look Mm -hmm. the same, you're you're gonna breed the same energy. You know, has he got aliens yet too?
2: Um he has heard, like myself, some unusual activity that has been happening in our house. It does not happen all the time, it has happened twice. Nope, nope, I take that back. The as far as extraterrestrial goes things that have been happening to me more so than him but a couple times yes in the house on other things and so i got a whole shopping list here for you um just let me know what you want to know here
1: well we got about 90 seconds here so is this activity happening frequently or is it is it rare
2: um It happens when it wants to happen. That's the thing that's so frustrating about all this. So one day you'll just be really quiet, and then the next day, all of a sudden, out of the blue, something happens. So then I check the moon phase, I check the cl- clarity in the sky, I check this, I check that, I check retrograde situation. I check it all, and I'm like, I can't answer this. So um, I do know that we have a portal in our house. Um, That has been identified by about by three different psychics. And so um, we do have an entrance in our house of something that likes to come in and hang about. I did see an elemental, though. I should tell you this. Go across the hallway into my husband's office probably about four months ago. It was about two feet high. It was pitch black. and, And it just was a wisp. Woo! And it went from our, our uh, bathroom into his his office. But I figured because it was his office, oh, well. That's Poor okay. husband. Okay. That's okay.
1: That's sorry. okay.
2: I'm well, sorry, husband.
1: Yes, we're sorry, too. We're sorry, too. Yes. Uh, Dr. Kelly, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. We have... Uh, One hour to go with Dr. Kelly Schutz. When we return for hour number two, we're going to learn about the aliens who have come into her life because you know old Davey here loves him some aliens. Yes, I do. And we're going to get into telepathy. Well, maybe telepathy first because I kind of crush on that subject. Spaced Out Radio with me, Dave Scott, and our guest, Dr. Kelly Schutz, continues on the radio When we return right after this, stay tuned. (laughs) All right, we are clear. And let's see what Dirty Filth is up to. I'm going to step away for a couple minutes, Kelly, and uh, Dirty Filth can go over his uh, painting for you here.
2: All right. So, what do you have for us today there? I can kind of... Oh, that, that's good. That's turning out pretty good there.
4: Okay, so... Oh, cat fluff on my screen. Huh. Nonetheless, it's unescapable. So, anyways, I always wondered if UFOs could your beam a ghost up into the craft. But I always figure since the ghost isn't really a physical, well, maybe it might be physical. I'm not sure. I've never punched a ghost or had a ghost touch me or anything, so I couldn't tell you. But I'm just guessing the ghost would have to float up into the UFO. So we have the little grey alien telling the ghost, Hey pal, the tractor beam does not work. You'll have to float up. And so the ghost is going to have to float yeah. into the UFO to go on a on a trip through the universe, space-time, wherever, I, 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 however I like UFOs drive.
2: Like no, I like it. So tell me, so you have never been touched by a ghost or anything before? Never?
4: No, I've all o- my ghost experiences is strictly the same. I've seen the same ghost twice,
2: and that was it. Ah, and... oh, so you have seen a ghost? Yes. All right. So I, I don't know if you know much. I'm sure you know about me because obviously I wouldn't be on the show. So I'm sorry to everybody who's listening right now, but I interview more than I be interviewed, right? So I may interview you here, Dirty Felt. Okay, okay. I'm on the hot seat. Can I ask you a little bit? You are because uh, I'm I'm more gentle than Dave, though. I Dave is being very gentle with me tonight. You know, I've got pages here of of I could just I could spend hours telling people about all the things that have gone on in my life never ending and it's always different. So you're in the hot seat. So here's me to you. All right. Um, So when was the first time that you've seen this apparition or this ghost?
4: The first time, probably 1997.
2: Okay. Where were you?
4: I was at my friend Frazier's house and I had slept over. It was happened two times within the same year. And the first time I'd slept over at his house, and I was sharing the same bedroom as him. And he had, uh, him and his brother shared the same room, and his brother wasn't there. So I slept in the other bed. And in the middle of the night, I got, I woke up and I had to go to the washroom. And I remember looking over, and you know, when it's dark and you're in the same room, and you can kind of see someone get up and move yeah. around.
0: Yeah. So I,
4: I thought I'd seen Frazier get up, and I thought I'd seen him, he walked to the, door and he turned to go to the washroom and I waited and waited for him and he just never came back and ended up falling asleep and in the morning I asked him well how, like would you like plug the toilet like how long were you in there for and he says oh I never went to the washroom it was probably the ghost and I went what do you mean the ghost and he goes, there's a ghost in the basement and the second so, time was so sorry is-
2: so that that ghost um, that was in the basement, did he was that at the same place the second time? Did you did you see the same ghost or was this a different ghost?
4: I'm fairly certain the the second time I seen it was the same ghost, same but one. it was instead of in the bedroom, it was in their living room. It was a basement suite in his dad's house, and I was sleeping on the opposite couch, mm-hmm. and Fraser was sleeping on the other one. And it was the same thing. I thought I watched Fraser stand up and walk to the washroom. And I just remember watching him walk. And it just looked like a, like it was, it was dark. It just looked like that gray shadow mist almost or whatever. It's the best way I can explain it. And I went, that's probably the ghost. And I asked him in the morning, I said, is there seriously a ghost here in the basement? He said, yep. And I never really oh, asked him oh. further.
2: Yeah, so he didn't ask, he didn't expand on whether or not this was a, um, like an annoyance ghost or a friendly ghost or, um, or he just kind of, they just went on with their lives and he just, well, that's just the ghost. He didn't seem that affected by it.
4: That was it. There was never seemed anything creepy or hostile or anything. They just said there's a ghost that lives in the basement and that was that. And I went, Mm. okay, there's a ghost in the basement right on. And
2: I I think that it's... I think if the ghost would have come up to to you and approached you, do you think you might have had maybe a different reaction?
4: I would probably have to change the bed sheets.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, dirty <laughs> Phil, changing the bed sheets.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave. I'm getting interviewed yeah. here. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's okay. I, Dave, 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 you left, and I said, "My turn." That <laughs> and is I'm going to okay. do what I do yeah. all the time. You know, I'm going to interview your. Your uh, artist here. You know? Oh, that's
1: fine. You should have him as a guest on your show. He's pretty awesome. I yeah, will.
2: Well, I'll have both of you on my show. How's that?
1: Sure. I- I'm just going to take some time here to say thank you to Thomas, Samantha, Tim, Stephen, Ske- uh, and Typical Skeptic. For the Super Chats tonight, it's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you so much. Also, I want to remind all of you that if you haven't already, please hit subscribe and ring that bell. We are 498 people away from 20,000 subscribers. We'd love to hit 20,000 before the year's end. So we appreciate that. And, of course, Las Vegas, May 29th, or May 19th to 21st, 2023, our second annual Las Vegas fan party. Dirty Filth is going to be handing out art all over the place. We're going to have a bunch of special guests showing on up. Our entire team's going to be there, and we need you there to make it successful. So book that on your calendar today. Here we go with Hour 2. Hour
5: <laughs> 2. You're
1: listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button the desert clam has set the password for tonight in the sor space travelers club radular radular is your password use it wisely space travelers as the clam sets a password each and every night Right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Pooh's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Remember America? Time is winding down. You got Thanksgiving coming up Thursday. Black Friday on Friday. And you know old Davey here wants to see some high-quality videos on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Let's get back to brawling, people. Let's get back to doing what we do best when we go shopping on Black Friday. None of this online stuff. Let's do it right this year. Can we? Can you grant Davey a wish here? I hope so. (laughs) All in fun, people. All in fun. Dr. Kelly Schutz is here tonight. On Spaced Out Radio, we are learning all about her amazing experiences growing up with a lifetime of paranormal, and then, Kelly, the aliens came, and we are going to have some fun with that. Kelly, welcome back.
2: Thank you so much to be back here.
1: All right, well, let's get into it. When did the extraterrestrials start showing up?
2: Alrighty, so I have my cheat sheet here. So forgive me if I look down a few times. You know, one of the things that um, I've been trying to connect the dots for the last umpteen years. And sometimes when you're busy, you don't have time to think about what's going on in your life, especially with paranormal or anything else other than. And I think... I'm not positive, but I think, and I'm gonna give the first throw out the first ball here, that um it is possible that I had my first occurrence, maybe even before the age of twenty, and I'm beginning to wonder if I am not somehow marked in some way. All right, so it was in my twenties. I can't really tell you how this all really came about, but um I woke up. I was a, a college student. I lived in a house with uh, several other girls, but I lived on the first floor. And um, I got up one night, and apparently, and I must have gone. And I put on—it it wasn't a prom dress, but those of you who know what a you know a typical longer dress looks like. Um,
0: Shop Black Friday deals at Academy Sports and Outdoors. Get up to 50% off bikes, up to 50% off Adidas, Puma, and Champion Fleece, and 40% off Magellan Outdoors outerwear. Visit your store or academy.com. Deals end November 26th. Exclusions and restrictions apply. See academy.com slash disclaimers. Shop Black Friday deals at Academy Sports and Outdoors. Buy one, get one 50% off. Select Magellan Outdoors Apparel. Save $400 on a Redfield 64 capacity safe and get an outdoor gourmet four burner griddle for two seventy nine ninety nine. Visit your store or academy.com. Deals end November 26th. Restrictions apply. See
2: I woke up in the morning with a long dress on, backwards, inside out, and a zipper that was impossible to manipulate by myself. And so I thought to myself, what did I eat last night? You know, that's the—that's what you think when you're in your 20s and you're not thinking about this stuff and it's not big on the news or it's not big on these programs. Because keep in mind, back then, we didn't really talk about this stuff. I mean, even to talk about psychics or paranormal or anything like that back in my day, no, 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 no talkie-talkie, Okay. Um, So for me to sit there and tell somebody, hmm, I had some really weird experience last night. My dress was inside out. You pass it off. I pass it off then as um, potentially sleepwalking. Okay. So let's put that on the shelf just for the moment. But lately, when I've been looking back at that moment, I had to ask myself, was that sleepwalking? How on earth did that zipper get in such a, a position in a way that, that, that I couldn't, couldn't do it myself. All right. So I just want to have you hold that thought for a moment. Um, let's talk about Las Vegas a little bit. <clears throat> Las Vegas is a place that always um, screams for me to come, come to it. I write many of my books in Las Vegas. And uh, there was one year when I was there just a few years ago. And I was up in a very uh, uh, luxury hotel, 60th floor. And um, I looked, I was there by myself because I do my best work with, you know, silence, basically. And I looked out the window that night. It was a clear sky. And, of course, there's light pollution from, you know, on the strip. And I said what I said before, "Mm," which I said, I wonder if I'm going to see a UFO. I wonder if there's any aliens out here. And keep in mind that little naive, okay? Anyway, long story short, I would say within 15 minutes after I shut the lights off and I had a room where the um, gadgetry in the room allowed me to close the curtains or, or play with the buttons on how to, you know, manipulate the lights and all that sort of thing, my lights started to flicker. And I thought, well, this is weird because um, they never flicker. There's no malfunctioning that I've ever experienced in, in this room before. And then all of a sudden, there's a couple taps behind my head. And I thought, well, this is odd. What's behind my head is the bathroom. Okay. Long story short, I woke up in the morning feeling very unusual. And I could not tell you how that felt. It felt like a very cleansed feeling, a very different kind of feeling. And I I thought it was odd how I fell asleep so quickly too, because I usually lay there for hours. Anyway, a couple months later, I went to the doctor and discovered I had cancer. And um, it was about this time when I had a psychic come over to my house to uh, who was very um, into the UFO, ufology. She's, she's had experiences with UFOs and the whole 10 yards. And I, I had her over here because I wanted her to go through the house to see if she could pick up anything unusual in this house because we were having these poltergeist experiences and all this. And she looked at me and she said, you know, i got to ask you something kind of crazy here. She says, you've had, you've had an experience. And I said, with what? And she goes, well, it was about a couple years ago, you were in a hotel room and you had a visit. And I said, "A, a visit by, I said, oh, you mean that paranormal stuff that went on in that hotel room? She goes, no, 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 no. That wasn't paranormal. She said, you had an extraterrestrial visitation, dear. And they were there checking your blood. Checking my blood for what? She says, my God, you had cancer, right? They were there checking your blood. All right. So to go a little bit further with this, um, I had my surgery. I am okay. I am am, knock on wood. I'm fine to this day. The doctor looked at me, though, a few times because you know how you are when they always say, oh, you're a miracle, right? Well, he told that. He said that to me. He says, do you understand something? You're a miracle. And I looked back back and I'm like rolling my eyes going, I just had major surgery, right? And I said, oh, yeah, right. He goes, no. And he put his face in my face, probably a couple inches away. He goes, I'm going to tell you this one more time. You are a miracle. And so I thought back to that moment and what she said. And they weren't, whatever it was in that room that night in Vegas it, whether it was paranormal or whether it was extraterrestrial and the claim that it was extraterrestrial wasn't there to hurt me. It was there actually to help me. All right. So now let's move this forward a little bit, shall we? Sure. So that's the Vegas experience. Let's talk about when I was kicked up in the air. All right. Now some people think it's possible to levitate and I'm a kind of a heavier woman now. So, you know, good luck to you. All right. But uh, I was at uh, Groveland Hotel and it is also known as a haunted hotel. And um, at the time, um, apparently the I couldn't get into the room with the ghost because it was already taken. But I was in a room apparently with a minor go a ghost minor that did not like people that snored well, I snore like a freight train, okay? And so anyway, apparently I must have been snoring or something. And I found myself around about 2 a.m. being catapulted up into the air, kicked. I I actually felt something underneath my back being slung up into the air, and I, I woke up bouncing on the bed. Now, I know many of you are going to say, well, did your husband wake up? No, my husband never wakes up during my activities, apparently. It's like they knock him out. I have my experiences. And then when he comes to, I tell him all about them. And he's like, what have you been eating? But anyway, the one thing that just occurred to me recently was that, see, I I went on the assumption that that was an upset miner who liked to be under the bed, who liked to steal people's socks and remotes. That was the miner in the room, liked to turn the water on and off that kind of thing. Now, that stuff didn't happen. But when I get slung up in the air and then bouncing on the bed, I have to ask myself, what happened? Okay. So at the time, I passed it off as paranormal, which it could have been, which it might have been, who knows. But it was also a clear night. It was up on a mountain. There was a lot of metals within the mountain, you know, that kind of thing. And it was a perfect night for anything else to occur up on that mountain. I was on a show uh, just recently where the question was asked of me how do you know that that was paranormal? Maybe it was extraterrestrial, and you actually were levitated up somewhere, memory erased, and then dropped back down onto the bed. That is very possible. But all I can remember is what it felt like a foot underneath my back being catapulted up. But you hear these reports all the time of people levitating up through the roof or whatever or being, you know, and that area, by the way, is known to have UFO activity. But keep in mind, at that time, to me, it was all paranormal. So I'm just going to leave you with that as a thought. Let's go back to my house for a moment. Okay, this happened within the last uh, two years. Um, woke up one night, actually morning, clothes off, here we go again, right? Clothes off. My clothes were down towards my feet on a chair, puddled. Usually you hear reports where clothes are nicely folded or folded back or they're put on the person like I was before, backwards or something like that. Um, but I had that cleansed feeling again, which which I don't have. I've only had it twice, on um, that time in Vegas and then the time at, at home here when I felt that. And I thought to myself, okay, this is getting really creepy. Now I'm, now I'm waking up in my own bed at home, and now I have no clothes on with that same feeling that I had when I had in Las Vegas, and my clothes are down by my feet. Okay, so just to let you know, never happened before, never happened after. But then something else happened to me, something that is is right behind my here, my head right here. Um, you're looking at a picture where that is me looking in the mirror and what is on my body is a blood red hand print upside down, elongated fingers. One of them was crooked. Okay. You know what it's like when you get up, when you're going to bed and that night I smelled something just wretched. I thought it was my husband's shampoo. And it wasn't my husband's shampoo, which I discovered the next morning. And I had pulled the covers over my face because it stunk so bad. Anyway, I get up, I go into the bathroom. Sure enough, there it is right here for those that are are viewing right here on my chest. That's where the handprint was and it stayed for three hours. Now, I have had four psychics give me their impressions of what and where that came from? Let me read them off to you. The first psychic I talked to said, "Nope, that was an alien encounter. That was definitely alien." Now keep in mind, it was it didn't it didn't hurt or anything, but it was like seared right into right into my body. Very much a marking. Okay. Second one, nah, it's an old lost woman. She was looking over and she thought she recognized you, and she went to touch you here, and then realize that she touched too hard and she made an imprint. Mm, it's possible. I don't know what that smell was, but it was pretty wretched. Then I had another one. Nah, it's a succubus. Someone wanted to do hanky-pank with you, While, you know, they, everything, Dave, every, everything wants to hang around me. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. They're there. Here we are. Let's go hang around Kelly. This one just wanted to get a little flirty. Okay. And then finally the fourth psychic said, no, Kel, that's PK. It's your own hand. That's your marking. That's what's there. So the blood red handprint, yes, lasted for three hours. It then just suddenly disappeared. And um, I've never had a marking like that since, although I do feel in my gut, I feel like something within me has been marked because it seems like my experiences are getting stronger. But I'm not done yet. I had asked out loud to the universe and I said, could you please tell me who put that marking on my body? All right. About a month later, I had a dream. And for those of you who who believe in your dreams, I remember when I was four, I was dreaming, and I had these dreams that had come true, right? Well, what happened in this dream? I had a mantis being show up in my dream. At first, when I'm looking at this dream, I'm seeing this, what looked like a young lady walk away from me. And I thought, oh, that looks like my husband's um, cousin's uh, kid, you know. And then what happened was that it turned around. And when it turned around, it had the face of a mantis being, but it was trying to disguise itself behind a black COVID mask. I woke up immediately, stu- my heart was beating so fast. I thought I was going to have a heart attack, and I was just full of sweat. And I screamed out to the world do not ever show yourself to me like that ever again. So, when you ask Dave if I've ever actually seen an alien, I would say, other than the end- elemental that dashed across the hallway, whatever that was. My answer to you is I've seen it in my dreams. I have not seen it visually, and I don't ever want to see one, although chances are likely whatever is in here or comes to visit is invisible. I've had what sounds like spaceship doors open inside my master bedroom. You're thinking, well, don't doesn't uh, UFOs have no sound to them? Not necessarily. Because this one could not be explained. And I laid there and I looked with my eyes and I said, just show yourself already if you're going to show yourself. Okay, so that was another thing that happened. And let's talk about when we got home from a trip and I was walking with luggage going up my, um, up my stairway. They looked to my right because something caught my eye. It was the size of a clock, smaller than what you'd put on the wall, but just big enough. It was cream colored, it was an orb shaped. And as soon as I focused on it, like what the, you know what, um, it dissolved and and disappeared. And then of course, this will all lead into whether or not it's possible for aliens to possess people. I've had two experiences with black eyed uh, teens slash young adults which I can certainly tell you the story if you're interested in that.
4: Yes, but for we the are. most part,
2: yeah, most part I'm just saying that wherever I am, here it comes. Whatever it is. Is it paranormal? Is it extraterrestrial? Keep in mind I'm a citizen researcher. I am my own study. So whatever I experience, I take note of it. I try to debunk it. I'm have a. I'm a former investigator. Uh, you know, I used to do some undercover work. Can't do undercover work here, but I can certainly attempt to debunk things. Here's my story on the black-eyed kids. All right. So a few years ago at a very well-known fair, um, <clears throat> what I do, I'm retired now. I'm a retired college professor and a retired from law and retired from uh, many different things. I have many, many, many careers under my belt. And I work for fun at places that I enjoy. Anyway, I was in a horse barn at a very well-known fair, and I was hired to do the night shift and um, to watch over these horses that were like millions and millions of dollars. So, Very big responsibility for me. Um, The first occurrence happened indirectly, but directly enough for me to understand what happened. I had stepped away momentarily just as I had gotten there to my shift. And um, one of the things that we did or do at this thing is we hand out shower keys to the competitors because they need a place to shower before they do their competitions. The next day, and um, the worker that was with me, she um, had an experience where there was a, a actually an undercover person that that had come up and said, um, "I need to get into the shower, but there's somebody in my shower." Okay, all right. So of course they go and investigate, right? And so they're going to the door and they're knocking on the door. Hey, how did you get in there? You know, da da da. Get out of there. You know, people are in line to take their showers. So it was this kid. Now, keep in mind that there's a lot of haunted activity on this property. There have been some suicides on this property. So the kid comes out and they stand him against a pillar and they're trying to indirectly interrogate him over shower keys, for God's sakes. How did you get in there? Blah, blah, blah. He's not speaking. He has brown hair. The bangs are over his eyes. He, his eyes are brown, and he's sitting there like he's all drugged up. Okay, he's not talking. All right. Just as he, they're about to kind of give up on this kid. There's a horse that's coming to to go get walked before competition. The horse takes one look at this kid, absolutely does that. He, <laughs> you know how they 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 go back because they're they're afraid. And stops like, oh, my God, what am I looking at? Because that was a very unusual reaction for a horse. The kid takes one look at my coworker. He smiles, and he has very sharp nail-like teeth. This is not not a joke. And so she takes one look at him. She Her eyes go way, way big, you know. She looks at the woman. She looks at the horse because the horse is still – freaking out and so long story short when they looked back the kid was gone it's like he just disappeared into air they went looking for the kid there was no way he could have escaped gone anywhere without being noticed let's just put it to you that way she comes to me because i'm the paranormal girl right you know and she is absolutely tormented and i'm trying to settle her down for a half hour and as she described this kid to me it was blatantly obvious to me that we had a, a, a but the teeth is what gave it away. The, the bangs, not always. The eyes, yes.
1: Dr. Kelly Schutz, we have her for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. When we return, more Black Eyed Kids and telepathy. Can we speak mind to mind? We'll find out right after this on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. We are clear.
2: Let's am see. I doing it?
1: You're doing fantastic. Dave,
2: am I giving you what you want, Dave?
1: Oh, you're doing fantastic. Let's see what dirty filth in Hey, pal, the tractor beam does not work. You'll have to float up. Oh, that's kind of cool, <laughs> dirty filth. Very cool.
6: uh, Yeah, there we go.
4: Yeah, I I was saying I figured that they probably can't tractor beam ghosts up. No. No. But I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if a ghost is physical or what, so... I'll have to find out in the future.
1: The old tractor beam, eh? I'll...
4: I'll have to get Merle to find a ghost for me to see if I can shake a ghost's hand in Vegas.
1: Oh, good old Merle. You know he'll be looking.
6: hmm Good
1: old Merle Bird. You enjoying the cartoon, Doctor Kelly?
2: Yeah, you know you just mentioned something a second ago, and I was trying to figure out how to jump in on that. Um, you had said something like, you don't know if the ghost is physical or whatever. I just talked with uh, a couple people on my show who have actually had experiences with um, solid apparitions. Um, one actually, which is just un- unheard of, but um, uh, uh, someone who uh, actually talked with one for a half hour. It's a long story, but but I didn't think before talking with this guess that a um, uh,
3: that a, a ghost could really hold there from skiing and riding to cozy gatherings by the fire there are so many memories to share in the mountains visit Vale, Beaver Creek Heavenly and more world-class resorts book your stay at snow.com
7: with the rewards for my
0: free Kiesler federal checking account it's like I'm getting paid to dine out but I mention it's
2: free
7: Kiesler Federal Credit Union, helping our members live extraordinary.
2: Their energy for more than maybe three to five seconds or, you know, something along that lines. And um, I've heard more reports lately of solid um, apparitions. Uh, and then another one at the same uh, fair that was actually spotted this past year sitting in um, the seat um, at a at a show and uh when the, the guy the guy who was up who organized the show said to this person's daughter um at some point yeah i saw your mom sitting sitting out there and he she goes well that's impossible she died 3 months ago and she was sitting in the exact same seat that she always sat in you know um out there it's kind of interesting about um the length of time a apparition can actually hold there energy for wow
1: it's pretty insane well
2: here's another one here's here's another one for you you know uh where i work uh you know when i'm there working and uh uh the the emt i get lots of stories from emts um saw this old woman floating through the uh crowd we get a big crowd at this fair i'm talking body to body and uh, kind of like uh, almost like i'm not sure like when i was up uh, near calgary and lived in calgary you know the uh, stampede but anyway yes. um uh yeah they said one day this older woman was kind of meandering through the crowd and she just kind of looked a little bit out of place and um yeah come to find out uh, she had no feet it's Just kind of weird, you know when you you talk to people and then they start telling you all the types of experiences that they've had with ghostly apparitions, it's just kinda of very interesting,
1: you know it's funny you mentioned the ghost uh, because uh when Tim Senor and I were down in Las Vegas earlier this summer, we were walking to our hotel room. It was about one o'clock in the morning twelve thirty one o'clock in the morning um by the time we got checked in. And, uh, we're going to one of the towers in Caesar's palace and this old guy, he could, he couldn't have been younger than 90, honestly. Yeah. And he comes wandering by us in periodic clothing, full body, like full, just like you or I were there. And we said hi to him and he didn't even respond. He just kept going right behind us. And Tim and I actually stopped and, uh, we're like uh was that guy alive or dead was that guy alive right. or dead you know right. we just didn't right.
2: know right you know vegas i don't know what it is <coughs> I, I couldn't even tell you what it is it keeps calling me back there all the time well you can join us and it's not
1: <laughs> you can join us for our fan party may 19th to 21st
2: my god can you imagine it's gonna be fun. I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be standing on a tabletop, sitting there, probably singing some song and that works for scaring us. everybody. <laughs> hold on, scaring hold on.
1: We got ten seconds. Thank you to Kira, okay. Surf Jar, Deb, Thomas, Samantha, Tim, Steph, and typical skeptic for the super chats. Here we go with the second half of the show coming right now. We passed the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky-Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. We continue on with Dr. Kelly Schutz. We have her until the top of the hour here tonight. And right before the break, Dr. Kelly, you were talking about this experience with black-eyed children. And I believe it was in Las Vegas or somewhere around there where it happened. Mm-hmm.
2: No, it was at this fair here um where I live and um the uh yeah the one with the kid you know with the sharp teeth uh you know people keep in mind that when there's um uh big events it's almost like and people are really excited about them uh keep in mind that people almost become a human battery and there's a lot of energy at this fair and so it didn't surprise me that something had occurred there what, what regarding the first incident. What was what was even more shocking to me was the incident that I had to, to deal with um, myself. And so here's how the second incident went. And that happened, let me see. Well, we had the COVID shutdown. So um, I guess you could say it was skippier and I would have been technically the next year. So here's what happened in my situation. So again, um, as one of four people on the fairgrounds uh, during this event, during the midnight hours, um, you know, my duty is to go around and make sure that the horses are okay. You know, I mean, the, the thing is, is that there are some that that do Uh, have have difficulties and then we have to deal with that and whatever but you know my job is to make sure that there's no uh, person hiding out in a pen somewhere who's you know a little intoxicated who who decided to stay after the fair was technically closed okay so this building is right next to a carnival and one of the questions i have now regarding um i'm not 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 knocking carnival people because my great great grandfather used to also deal and be part of the carnival, so I have a lot of respect for people that 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 do these types of jobs um but one night um uh, there were some undercover uh people in there, and they came into the office and and uh keep in mind it's usually pretty pretty boring right. And so um, they said to me, uh, we need to tell you something. There's there's a somebody, you got a, you know, a passer. there's somebody in here that doesn't belong here. And I said, what do you mean? And this was at 1.30 in the morning. Now, keep in mind, the fair was closed as of midnight. Okay. So I'm thinking, oh, great. Now I have a situation. I don't even want to be part of this. All right. So I go lead me or tell me and whatever. Just about the time they they were going to come and show me where this person was. The, the person is meandering up toward um, toward the office, just kind of looking at horse stalls and all that kind of thing, looking at horses in their stalls. Okay. All right. So here I go. So I go out to this. Um, he was probably about 24, maybe, to 26. And I walk out to him, and I'm thinking, I said to them before I left the office, you help me if if something happens here, because I don't know what's going to happen here. So I approached this kid and I look right, look him right in the face. and I'm probably not very far away. And I said, can I help you? I said, do you realize that the fair is closed here? And he's looking at me and he's looking like he's kind of out of it. And he started saying stuff like this. I need to come to your office. I need to get into your office. I need to come in there now. I need to be inside your office. And I looked at him, and there was one thing I noticed. He was bone dry. It was raining cats and dogs outside. There is no way anybody could have come into that building without being drenched or wet because it was just storming out there really badly. So the first question I thought was, how long has this kid been in this building? All right. And where, where has he been hiding out? All right. So now I'm saying to him, but you can't come into the office. You're not allowed to come into the office, but I need to cut. You have to, you have to tell me I can come into your office. I need to come in. So he just, he went on this dialogue and I started looking at him and I started looking at his eyes and I thought, please God, whatever, please do not turn pitch black. Please do not turn pitch, you know, pitch black. And he he just looked like he was just like gone. And I thought, I got to get this kid out of here. I've got millions of dollars of horses here. I got it. I got to do something. So I said, you stay right here. I said, I'll be right back. So I went into the office and I said to the people, call the police, do it quietly. I will see if I can get this kid out of here. And so, you know, it's, it's, you, you're amazed, you have to be amazed at your talents in time of protection of things like this. So I went and I sat him down on a bench and he was just freezing and acting up. And, and I thought, is he drugged up or what is I need to come into your office? He just wouldn't stop, you know. Anyway, long story short, we managed to get him out of there. But then it occurred to me where I saw this kid before. I said, I know where I've seen him before. I used to play, um, a long time ago. I used to win stuffed animals for sick children in in the hospital. So I would go on the midway and I would, uh, I'd play the wall. I'd be one mean, mean competitor. Trust me at the water game or anything like that, or these types of games to win, win animals, stuffed animals for kids. And so I said, I know where I have seen this guy before he's from the carnival. How the heck did he get in here? And so anyway, um, Long story short, I started looking up black-eyed kids and their dialogue and this and that or whatever, and that led me down the road and this path of this. I know he was under possession of some sort. I do not know how he got under possession. Do I believe he was drugged up? No. I don't believe he was drugged up. I believe he had something, something take him over. What it was, I do not know. But it was very dark. And he sounded like a black-eyed kid, and so with those two stories between the sharp teeth. Now I showed the picture of of, of a, a black-eyed kid at a recent conference that I spoke at, and the the audience gasped. And, and so I'm kind of glad you're not showing it tonight. You don't need people fainting here. But but it was a, it's just that terrifying. So will these these entities, whatever they are, show up wherever? Ah, uh, yeah do we know where they come from? Not always. Do we want to be around them? Heck no. And so for me, it's like, um, I, you know, you know, poke me, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of, sick of having these types of experiences, but Dave, my experiences continue no matter whether I want them or not. So that's, that's, that's my black eyed kid stories here.
1: Why do you think they come with such an ominous presence around them, an ominous energy?
2: I don't know. I'm not even sure. Um, you know the thing is is that um uh when you when people people need to ask themselves, especially those of us who are very sensitive or empaths or uh may have some some psychic abilities or or something like that, the big question is why do we attract um, some of this stuff. Why does this stuff come to us? Why, why is it that my, um, third eye or whatever has to beam so brightly that it's like, you know, when you are asking me earlier in the show, you know, how do I, how do I handle some of this stuff? Uh, lately it's more like, um, without shock, uh, try to do it without fear. Um, I try to do it being very common sense. Sometimes I ignore this stuff. Um, it just, I don't know. I think the bigger question here is what is it about us that brings this stuff to us? So.
1: Well, you know what? I, I know a good friend of mine who has had a face-to-face encounter with a black-eyed kid as well. Mm. And, uh, mm. you know, the funny part about it is his home security camera's caught it all and the boy did not appear on camera. Right. So do you think we're dealing with a, a demonic type entity here?
2: It's hard to say because this kid from the carnival, he didn't really act demonic. He just had to get into my office. You know, it was almost like something crawled inside of him. And, you know, then there's been discussions about this. If this has anything to do with any type of alien and I say that because you know, at a conference, I had heard there might be—it was a wide range, fifty-seven to a hundred different types of species out there. Well, how do I know that this was alien or something demonic that just had had them at the right time in the right place and the whole ten yards, and then I had to deal deal with this? Right? Um, I don't. I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm still after that answer. I'm still after learning about some of this creepy stuff. And when you say that the camera did pick up on him, just like that first kid, poof.
1: It is strange. I want to change topics here again because we are running out of time. And I do Mm -hmm. uh, want to get into the telepathy aspect of everything Mm -hmm. because I am a firm believer that telepathy works. I don't know if I've done it or not. I don't know if I've had it work for me, but it's something that absolutely intrigues me. How did you get started on telepathy?
2: Well, um, my first encounter again with telepathy, which telepathy to me is hearing thoughts by, from something in my head. We have to first start with the definition of what we believe that definition to look like. So when I think of telepathy, I think of of something speaking to me and usually it's speaking within my head now to a psychologist they would want to put me on some kind of medication but for the most part i hear i hear thoughts in my head that's and and my first encounter was when i shot photographed not shot but photographed that image of very clear image of the um apparitions in that screen window. And so when I had heard, check the genealogy, I never would have thought that in a million years. I mean, out of all the messages, I mean, you should have seen me stand there. What? Check the genealogy? But they were right, whatever it was. Okay, that wasn't a hostile encounter. Some people ask if that was uh, possibly trickster. I'm like, no, not always. The guy in Las Vegas, how did you do it? How did you win on this machine that no one has ever won on before? I don't know. Um, Here's what happens to me, if you really want to know. I go into a casino, and all of a sudden, if I'm on, if I'm activated, I start hearing thoughts. The thoughts say this to me, and my husband can attest to this. Go forward. Turn left. No, turn right. Now sit down. And then I'm like, no, I don't want to play this game. It's boring. You know, sit down. And these are the thoughts that I hear coming to me in my head. Now, who is putting those thoughts in my head? Everyone would say, well, that's your inner intuition. Not necessarily. I mean, I couldn't necessarily sit there and jerk myself around by saying, go left, good, right. Go forward, go backwards. You know, I mean, think about it. Something is downloading from somewhere into me because there are things that I come up with, Dave, even in my professional life that I can't even explain. Sometimes I go, good one, you know, like I would never have thought of that. Where is this stuff coming from? Is it being downloaded by something paranormal that's nearby me wanting to hang all over me? Is it something extraterrestrial that that is is uh you know like uh, coming in with thoughts because i'm open to it i don't know um but but that's telepathy for me is the ability to hear thoughts or directions um sometimes when people might say that's your inner intuition now i'm going to throw this back on to you as interviewer to interviewee what happens to you
1: i've heard those uh (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me, those uh inner voices before. And yeah. you know, I've I I almost died once. They gave me a, a very stern warning where I almost died. Uh thankfully mm-hmm. I wasn't hurt. My ATV uh was destroyed
5: mm-hmm.
1: going down a mountainside about two hundred fifty feet. And mm-hmm. uh it was um it was an eye opener. And mm-hmm. I, I think that for, for me though, when I think telepathy, I'm thinking of, you know, staring at you camera to camera, our, mm-hmm. our eyes being wide open
7: mm-hmm.
1: or closed for that matter and having a conversation brain to brain. That's, mm-hmm. that that's what I think of when I, when I think of telepathy, you know? So, I mean, I understand that there is spirit talking. I understand that there mm-hmm. are signals I got a beautiful signal from a spirit this year. My friend Paul and I, uh, in late spring, we were out looking for a a Sasquatch area. I was banging Mm -hmm. my native drum that I have that's blessed. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. I I heard this native spirit say to me point blank, say, thank you so much for the drumming. It's beautiful. Uh, But you're not going to see anything here tonight. And he goes, go to the other area. And he showed me the area, which I'm familiar with. And he goes, you'll see something cool there. We go to that area. Well, on the east side of us, we had the Northern Lights. On the Mm -hmm. west side of us, I had said I wanted to see Starlink this year. And Starlink Mm -hmm. happens to fly by at that exact same time. So Mm -hmm. I, I do know how to listen to that. But it's the telepathy people to people that I struggle with.
2: All right, so um, I was at a conference a couple of years ago, and I was in this room with 100 people, and I would say their levels of psychicness and sensitivity and empathness was like at least a good 75% up, each of them. And it just so happens that, and I don't know if this is what you're referring to, but of course, anytime that something happened in that room, everybody looked at me. And like I said, I don't know why I look like the, the you know, the showcase piece here. But there was a gentleman that was actually a uh, table to my left. And we were writing things down and and talking things. And he was like, literally, now maybe this is not what you're referring to. But we were literally pulling our statements from each other's minds. And speaking them exactly the same way, um, you know, without us even sitting near each other. And now there are times when I can pick up things. My husband can actually tell you the song that you're thinking in your mind. Or if you you know how you have a tune sometimes of a song in your mind, yeah. he can actually tell you what song that is. He's that good. Um, I can't do that. But there are things that I can do when I'm connected like a conduit with certain people, and I, we just kind of light up together. And then all of a sudden, you don't even have to say anything, because you just know what the other person's thinking. And you can you can
3: finish their From skiing and riding to cozy gatherings by the fire, there are so many memories to share in the mountains. Visit Vale, Beaver Creek, Heavenly, and more world-class resorts. Book your stay at snow.com.
1: Shop sustainable luxury denim and more with Redone at shopredone.com.
8: Redone makes vintage-inspired jeans, tees, and clothing by combining old-school silhouettes with new, innovative sustainability, like upcycling classic
1: vintage Levi's into brand-new contemporary fits in rigid and stretched fabrics. They also do recycled T-shirts, upcycled sweatshirts, clogs, boots, and more with less water and chemicals for reduced environmental impact. This week only, save 30% site-wide at ShopRedone.com. Some exclusions
2: may apply. Sentences for them. You could you're on the same war path with them or whatever. I don't know if that's what you're thinking about, but yeah, there are times when I can do that, but not all the time. So
1: Right. How in tune with the other person do you have to be in order to have that conversation?
2: I don't know. You know, the thing is is that when I was in that room with a hundred people, I got I we did a remote viewing session. And I was the only one in that room that got 100% on two of my pictures that I, honest to God, um, it's like they were my battery. It's like, woof. And I just kind of, I kind of lit up and then all of a sudden, and then then predicting things. Um, When I'm with the right people, when I'm with people and I can't explain it, the right energy, um come gambling with me you're going to find me picking your horses for the Kentucky Derby you're going to find me being able to tell you sports plays that that are just about to occur and I can tell you exactly what they're going to do but I have to be in the right activated mind and I have to be with the right people and I don't know I can't answer that I just know that there are times when we just light up and so it's a mystery Dave I don't know.
1: That is, a, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. It is a mystery, and and this is a mystery that captivates, you know, those who've had experiences like yourself, and those yeah. who have never had an experience but would love to, like many in our audience. I mean, do you wish that experience upon those who've never had it?
2: What type of experience? Any type. Would you like a black-eyed kid experience? Would you like to have a alien experience? Would you like to have a poltergeist experience? I don't know. Um, again, be careful what you wish for, because ever since I started wishing to see a ghost at the age of 14, I haven't been able to stop me in the process. And there does come a point where, We have our moment, most of us do, where we've had enough because we've seen enough, and so. But, but for me, Dave, I can't shut it off. It's, it just, it happened. I didn't expect when I was at that jail, at that tourist trap, to literally bring back with me to the cabin something that wanted a drink. Okay that that's creeped my husband out because i don't drink i mean i drink once a once a blue moon but i'm just saying i don't drink and for me to call up the hotel manager and literally ask where's the local bar i mean think about that for a moment you know it's just kind of like what kind of experience do you want to have when i meditate though i have to meditate very quietly and clearly because it seems like i have the ability to manifest things And that's the, that's what I want to leave everyone with this evening is be careful what you wish for.
1: That is, that is probably the best. And, you know, we always say to our listeners here, if you're not experienced, you want to Mm -hmm. experience something, make sure you put out the right intention because saying, Hey, I don't care what I want to experience. I just want to experience something that opens up the doors to a lot of negativity that is out there.
2: Correct. Right. Correct. That's Correct. And that's the one thing we could all do uh, without in our lives right now, more peace and more quiet and and that's what I strive for. and I always say every day I'm grateful and I'm not kidding. I'm grateful, even in my worst days, I'm still grateful for whatever I'm learning that day because I do not want negativity to overtake my my being because when that happens, then things start to get a little poltergeisty once in a while so
1: Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, we have about 90 seconds to go with you tonight, and I want to say a big thank you, Dr. Kelly, for coming on Spaced Out Radio tonight and being absolutely amazing for us. You know, do us a favor, if you could, tell everybody where they can find your podcast and more information on you.
2: The easiest place to go to is uh, www. Um, paranormaluniversalpress.com because on there all my websites and how to see my TV show is on there how to go to my podcast Podomatic is on there and that's just the easiest or if you need to have a question or want to say hi I'm on Facebook under Paranormal Encounters Podcast Series or Dr. Kelly Schutz that's one word and you should be able to find me there So thank you, Dave, again, for everything.
1: Hey, not a problem. And and it's been a lot of fun having you on here and and kind of going over your amazing stories and encounters because, you know, you're real people. You you know, and, and like we always say to our listeners... You're somebody who has an education background. You've been a lawyer. You've been a number, uh, you know, you've been a professor. It doesn't matter whether you're a professor or you're the local handyman or the local drywaller or, you know, the the person who serves you coffee at Starbucks in the morning. People are having experiences, and that's what it's all about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just want to correct you a second there, Dave. Paralegal Paralegal. litigation. Paralegal. Sorry about that. Yeah, not a lawyer. But undercover duties.
1: Well, I, yes, pr- I appreciate so. you taking the time to come on in. Okay. Coming up next on Spaced Out Radio, we're going to head to the swamp. Then little Timmy Senor is coming in for the UFO report. Spaced Out Radio continues with our number three next on the Mighty SOR. Stay tuned. Trying to hold in a sneeze. Mm. Thank you so much, and uh, Dirty Filth, uh, let's take a look at your big picture for the night. Clunk. Yeah, make, <laughs> make some more noise there, Filthy. You drop there you it? go, there's
4: the alien. He's, er, he's trying to abduct the ghost, but... you Sasquatch talking again,
1: Dave? Yeah. Oh, man. I got to go get this sneeze out. I'll be right back. You guys talk.
4: <laughs> okay, Kelly. Um, I'll just email you. Yeah, and that'd I'll be great. I'll just email you in the morning.
2: Yeah, thank <clears you <clears <throat> <Excuse me> so <throat> much. Yeah, this is great. I will be uh, promoting it, showing it on, um, uh, on uh, my shows. So I hope you don't mind. And I will make sure I mention your name.
4: Well, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I'll email you and just give me a post office box or something, and I'll ship it out to you.
2: You can. Do you ever uh, do you ever scan them? You can scan it as a JPEG. That would be great.
4: Sure, if you'd like the digital copy, that's fine. i give yeah. you the original if you want.
2: Yeah. Oh no, no that's okay. Um, it yeah, either a PDF or a or a, actually a JPEG would be great. Scan it as. A JPEG for me, and uh, you have my um, you have my address yet, don't you? The uh, I do. my email address. Okay, yeah, just send it that way because then I can upload it really easily um, on uh, on my uh, TV show and also uh, um, showcase it on on my podcast Perfect. and on Facebook. I guess that's what I was going to say. So, you want a JPEG do you want to be known as,
4: or uh, I can give you like JPEG. a TIFF file, or I know no
2: JPEG. Jay okay, that, that's fine. That works the best. Do you want to be known as Dirty Filth, or do you want to be known as um, someone else? Uh,
4: dirt, Just Filth is fine. That's what I've always gone by.
2: Okay, and I will do that. Yeah. No, very good picture. I like it. You're very talented. You, you have done a lot of different sketches. I've watched you on several shows, and so... um,
4: I appreciate it. Thank do, you very do, much. Do
2: you uh, do you keep them and put them in? How many of these have you done?
4: Oh boy, I've I've done a lot of drawings. Most of the time, though, to be honest, um, if there's a guest or something, I usually end up just mailing the drawing out to them.
1: Hmm.
2: Do you do you keep them in like, like a folder or some kind of a, a portfolio?
4: There's a we'll call it a system that I pile all my artwork in and it works for me. And Mrs. Filth is like, this is just a complete mess in here. And I'm like, no, it isn't. <laughs> Trust me. It's all good. But um, yeah, do it's yourself,
2: uh do yourself a favor. If you want, you can sign, make sure you sign it with your name. So that, that copyrights the, um, the photograph here. Um, that would be great. Just put your name on there somehow, some way, because that would be good. Because if somebody decides they want to rip, it off it's not that they can't somehow get rid of your name but i want you to at least have that copyright on there or sign it you know
4: yeah it's it's all good don't worry if anybody's a we're off air so if anybody's a dick about it i will the pen is mightier than the sword for a reason and i will relentlessly make fun of them forever in cartoon form and
2: well you never you never know i mean where i'm gonna post it it'll be fine um, but you never know. It's always the one percent, right? It's always that one percent.
4: Well, despite what they say, Canadians are not always nice.
2: Yeah, I know. Are you? Um, where are you at? Um, what? What? Uh, I lived in Calgary there for a while. What? Uh, where are you at?
4: I live in Edmonton.
2: Oh, you? Oh, really? Oh, okay. I think we went up there maybe once, one time.
4: I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, we we tried. Let's put it to you that way. No, it, it was it was all good, actually. Um, that part of the um, of Canada is very very beautiful, and so um, I don't know if you have the trees up there like they do down in the Calgary um, Banff area. Do you?
4: Alberta's got a little bit of everything. We got like the mountains. Yeah, so, like east of Edmonton, when you get into like Edson and Hinton, you get the mountains and you get all the heavy spruce and then you can go south by calgary down to drumheller it's the royal tyrell museum if anybody has a chance to go there i don't work for them but i'm gonna yeah. plug it royal tyrell museum is an awesome place yeah uh there's badlands and everything down there there's also oh, one cool. of the last remaining uh ferry boats
2: oh really that, alberta that's down there cool. no that's cool where is that at l-
4: yes uh, in drumheller Alberta Drumheller. Okay. horse thief canyon to be exactly okay exact Holy
2: well we'll word. have to I'll have to meander there the next time I'm up there
4: well, well don't you ever name out by you people,
2: yes, thank you so much, Dave. We made it we did it
1: we love it it was great, thank you, our audience loved it as well, so thank you for your time
2: well, i hope they were i hope they were kind,
1: Absolutely. and i will
2: um. Uh, I'll be in touch after January and maybe both you and Dirty Filth can come on to the show. It's up to you. you We'd love it. That would be interesting. All All right, right.
1: Dr. Kelly. Take care. Thank
2: you. Thanks very much, Dr. Kelly. Shots,
1: everybody. Thank you. Dirty Filth, you're all done for the night.
4: Well, hold on a second. I still got to draw one more cartoon.
1: Oh, okay. So you're going to hang out. Good. All right. Well thank you to typical skeptic, Steven, Tim, Samantha, Thomas, Deb, Surf Jair, Kira, and Cat Chaser for the amazing super chats. Very much appreciate it. We are gonna show some love here coming up. Hour three is starting right now. Aye, aye, aye. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and
5: S.O.R. Here we
1: go with the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, Digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clams is set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Radular. Radular is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Pooh's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with our night. Hour number three always starts as we head to the swamp and our resident swamp dweller.
6: When I was 16 years old, I stayed at my grandparents' house in Crawford County, Arkansas, during a Thanksgiving vacation. To my knowledge, at this point, my grandparents were highly religious and were relatively quiet people and pretty friendly. This place I wasn't so scared of, although nothing really scary had happened to me up until the stories I'm about to share. There was just odd and heavy feelings in specific areas of the home up until that point. There weren't any extra rooms except this spare room that I, for some reason at the time, had an extremely uncomfortable feeling about and refused to stay in there on my last night. I was asleep on the couch and as per any spooky story, I felt something watching me. I rolled over expecting to see one of my parents and the room was the darkest darkness I had ever witnessed. The only thing I could see was, well, this shadow. Initially, I couldn't wrap my head around what I was looking at and stared at it longer than I probably should have to try to solidify what I was looking at. The first thing I noticed was its gigantic smile which captivated me and gave me some sense that I didn't need to be scared. Then, I saw right where its head should have ended was where another head actually started and it had the same face but it was upside-down, displaying an upside-down smile. It had giant ears like a cat on the top of its head and straight up looked like something out of Where the Wild Things Are, but grotesque. Its eyes were beady, but yellow. not anything like puppy-dog eyes I had ever seen. It held its vast grin with the... It held this vast grin the entire time that we stared at each other. Its fur was black and brown and was short and shaggy. It stood with its knees slightly bent, its arms out in front, its elbows drawn in, and its hands looked limp. After about 30 seconds, at least, of unbroken eye contact, I told myself in bed, If I die, I die, and rolled over and went back to sleep. Nothing else happened that night, and since it was my last night sleeping in that house, my dad picked me up in the morning and I didn't really think about it much after that for quite some time. I don't remember whether I told my dad or not, but I never stayed the night in that house again. There was just something traumatizing about the whole event. About two years later, I told my mom about what happened. It didn't even faze her, and she said that the room I had that eerie and uncomfortable feeling in used to be her room. She said that she and my cousin were staying the night together one night. My mom said that in the middle of the night she felt something warm get into bed with her. She said it was so heavy when I got into bed that she almost rolled into it because it made such a massive indent where it lay. She said she asked my cousin to roll over and got no response. My mom rolled over to see that there was nothing there and there was no more indent. She said she touched it where she felt it get into bed with her and it was warm to the touch like someone had been in there with her all along. She then tells me that before my grandparents were the hunky-dory people they were, my grandpa specifically practiced black magic and was not a great person sometimes, while my grandma just let things happen. She said that the neighbor who lived about a mile away, very few people live in that area especially at that time because it was just land and forest surrounding the area for about 5 miles any way you go, and my grandpa did not get along with this neighbor. My mom said that one day my grandfather had gotten into it with that man and made a doll out to be the neighbor. My mom said that my grandpa took that doll, went into the forest, into the back of their house. They nailed it to a tree with a nail through the middle of the doll's head. According to my mom, the man my grandpa made the doll of died of stage 4 brain cancer a few months after this incident. I'm assuming this is why my grandparents made such a massive switch in their lives. But before my grandpa died, he always said he wanted to die in the church. When he died, he was the last person left in the service area, and he had a heart attack and keeled over, hitting his head on the pew, causing him to have a stroke and die right then and there.
1: Wow, Swamp Dweller taking it to the real tonight on Spaced Out Radio. I love it when the swamp comes in here. Swampy is, joins us every Monday through Friday night, kicking off hour number three. But if you want more stories, head on over to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash swamp dweller reads hit subscribe on his channel you get thousands of stories for free all right let's shift gears here as we're going to get into the ufo world tim senor we call him the tim Bit around here joins us for the ufo report nobody's gonna know they're gonna know It's always good to see you here, Tim Senor. You know, it's been a quiet week so far to kick off this week of Alien UFO slash news. But there's a lot that we could go over tonight just to kind of refresh and review a lot of things, including the SCU. But first, how you been doing, buddy?
8: Oh, I've been doing really well. Thanks a lot for asking, Dave. Uh, just family stuff, keeping healthy. And uh, enjoying a little downtime. So how about yourself?
1: You know what? I find myself in a state of flux right now. I really do. In regards to UFOs, you know. And I was thinking about this because, you know, I'm a gym rat now. Um, You know, I go there (laughs) pumping weights, pumping the iron, you know, so to speak. You know, trying to shed some... uh, Ungodly weight that I've uh, allowed myself to yeah, build
8: up. We all noticed too. You are looking fantastic. Keep it up. You know what? I feel better.
1: I do. Yeah, I do tell. feel better.
8: Yeah.
1: You know, you, you know the yeah. one thing that I've noticed. I, I don't cough as much anymore.
8: I was going to say, you're breathing. That's the first thing I noticed. I'm breathing. Yeah, and your nose, right? Everything. <laughs>
1: yeah, a I'm little not, better. I'm not feeling very good today. You know, oh, okay. I'm not feeling very good today, and I, I think I got a little bit of a bug that I'm going to be able to shake here pretty quick.
8: It's going. But, around.
1: Yeah, I know. Yep.
8: But I, my I, kitties I, have it.
1: I I'm still in a in a state of flux here. Okay, regarding yes. UFOs, because you know I love this subject. I'm passionate about this subject, Tim. Okay, and. It just seems, you know, as an experiencer, I'm not in this business talking about all this stuff because I want to. I'm here because I have to. And I mean that with all due respect to my...
7: Are you a Jeep owner or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade fun for all ages deadline to register is november 30th for details or to register visit westbatonrouge.net don't miss the jingle jeep parade in west baton rouge come for the parade stay for all the lights and fun visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the jingle jeep parade
5: Have plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with Orca Coolers and Drinkware. Orca Coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class temperature retention. Orca's premium drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours. Their tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to OrcaCoolers.com and use promo code 15 for 15% off your order. That's OrcaCoolers.com, promo code 15 myself and our audience and everything, I have to
1: because I need to figure out what's happened to me over the last 11 years, okay? And, you know, coming up on December 13th, it'll be 11 years official for me in my weird experiences kicking off and getting it wow. and going into full, full gear. And long story short, okay, I had no aspirations to do a radio show. I had no aspirations to to build what we've called this little mini empire of spaced out radio, you know where we have you know seven ter- six or seven terrestrial radio stations now, you know we have our digital networks, podcasts, you know you know we get you know sixty seventy thousand downloads per month on this wow. show. It's incredible Amazing. that's not a lot compared to others, but for us it is a lot yeah and yeah. and you know the point that I'm getting at is this, Tim, is when somebody in a position and 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 as involved in the uFO world as I am cannot figure out who to side with who to who who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth where where are we getting the right story from these days? It really brings a solemn attitude towards what we are doing because I find myself becoming very, very, I don't want to say negative because that's not the term, but very aloof, I will say, regarding UFOs. It's like every time we turn, what we've already told our audience, we're having to give them, and I told you so. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I can't mm-hmm. stand that about this field where they're not about answers. Disclosure is not about answers. It's about cover up. Co- they don't want to admit that there's a confirmation going on, which there is, you know, I mean, anybody who films anything and you're a filmmaker, you're, you're a guy who's going out, uh, trying to catch, uh, videos of unidentified objects in the sky You know, how do we believe that anymore? I believe it because you're my friend. You're not going to pull the wool over my eyes. But there's going to be people out there, Tim, who say, oh, all you caught was satellites. All you caught was Starlink. All you caught was this. You know, because all they see is a bunch of dots. You know, I mean, I just don't know where we are expected to go with this field anymore. The cover-up is real. The battle for control is real. They don't want to give us the truth. And when we think we're close to the truth, something gets pulled from under our feet again. And, you know, Monica here in the chat room says, Dave, I feel you. It's exhausting. She's exactly right. This is an exhausting topic because we end up going around in circles. But realistically, Tim, that's all we can do when that's all the information that is provided and this cover-up goes way deeper than people think it's more than Roswell it's fast-forwarding to the times when we're going to be sending humans to the moon and humans to Mars this is where we're getting to people and it's it's scary Tim and I don't know where to turn
8: well For me, it's really refreshing to hear you say that because this topic strangely has a really strange way of leveling the play field for everybody. So you have 11 years of experience with deep knowledge and understanding, a lot of it insider knowledge. And here am I fresh into it three years and we're right in the same place, buddy. Um, And it's just simply because you don't know where to seek out that truth. And it's such a muddled field that, Every day there's more information on it, It makes it harder to find the truth in there somewhere. And um, recently, Tim Burchett had a great interview where he talks about this exact thing, where even for people in Congress, they're struggling for that same information, not just us regular Joes looking for it on YouTube. But you bring up a really great point that you're feeling in flux, where You know, you don't know where to turn. You don't even have a a feeling of where things are going to go, where you usually do. Um, I think that says a lot. You know, is that the success that you're feeling right now? That's the success of them waiting this topic out with you in particular and potentially with each individual in your chat and the whole um, people that read this when it's in the media. Are they just waiting us out? We feel in flux, I think, like you're saying, because of that lack of solid um, information, they're making commitments and then not following through. Tim Burchette has meetings with people in the know, and then they cancel. Seems like there's a huge withdrawal happening. And so perhaps that's the flux. It's the out portion, you know, of the ebb and flow right now that we always talk about with information. You know, I think we're poised for disinformation and we should be careful. Again, we're around election time, too. so.
1: Well, I understand that. But, I mean, all the time, Tim, you, you get approached, I get approached by good people saying, what is the truth? What is the truth? And that And that's the problem that we have here. How do we, as journalists, as radio show hosts, as commentators of this subject... How do we tell our audience what is the truth?
8: Yeah. Well, I think you can start out by saying what we know definitively, which is there's been an obvious cover up for 75 years. Um, You can point people in the direction of films and documentaries that you yourself have even worked on um, to show distinctly how NASA has particularly covered this topic up. In some aspects, you can point to great articles written by people like Daniel Otis, who are really, you know, they have their finger pretty much on the pulse of truth. And so
1: let me just pause right there, because you mentioned Daniel Otis. We originally had him scheduled for a few nights from now to come on. This is a CTV and vice reporter who's been covering the story uh, with excellence up here in Canada, but uh, he had to uh, reschedule with us and taking his place uh, this coming Thursday will be Homer Hickam. And if you don't know who Homer Hickam is, you might remember the nineties uh, movie, October sky uh, starring Toby Maguire, where a bunch of buddies got together to launch rockets and uh, launch them into the sky. That's the Homer Hickam we're talking about and Supposedly. um and we're yeah. going to be talking about going back to the moon nasa rockets mars aliens we're going to get into it all with him on thursday so i just want to make that point since you brought up daniel otis sorry for cutting you off there
2: no
8: no that's great and a quick shout out and hello to jim goodall in your chat i just saw him so big wave and hello to him hello sir yeah what a so
1: what a legend I have to say say that every time Jim Goodall comes into our chat room. What a legend. This is a guy, okay, true story. This is a guy, and I don't even know if you know this one, Tim. He flew inside the cockpit of an SR-71 while it was flying inside a C-5 Galaxy being transported.
8: I didn't know that. How is that possible?
1: Well, the, they took the wings off, and this, the they put the the body of the SR seventy one inside the inside the C five Galaxy. The Galaxy's at mm-hmm. altitude, and Jim hopped okay. into the cockpit of the SR seventy one. So, wow. Technically, he was flying a Blackbird. While okay, or it was an A twelve. Like Pardon me, it was an A twelve. Thank you, Jim. Technically, he flew so, it an A twelve. So cool, he's here. I, I love that. Inside a C5 Galaxy.
8: Yeah, he's amazing. And you just got to put the quarter in the slot with Jim and then just sit back and enjoy.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, to all all our fans out there, Jim will be one of our special guests at our Las Vegas party, May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's our second annual fan party. And uh, we're going to be uh, putting more information up here very quickly because we want as many audience members to come on in and join us there. Uh, tickets for that weekend. Get this. How much tickets are? We we've scheduled the prices, Tim for a weekend of it's hanging out with thousands.
7: Us,
8: oh, a couple of grand.
1: No 60 bucks. What? And if you want, oh my a, God. and if you want a VIP package, it's a hundred.
8: Oh, come on. Everyone can do that. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow.
1: Yeah. Cool. 60 bucks to Good hang you. to hang Good out to with me. us for the entire weekend or if you want a VIP package which will come with some a swag bag it's 100 bucks. I I don't Dude. know. I don't know awesome. where you're going to you're going to get that much people uh together. Last year we had 60 some people and we had some incredible incredible guests like Jim. And I know Jim will probably bring uh, uh, his protege, Michael Schrat with him. We know Merle is coming. We know uh, Lorian Fenton is going to be there and, and Melinda Leslie and, and Misha Johnson and, and a number of other people who've been on this show. Uh, the Sasquatch boys of uh, Nate and uh, Corey. Uh, I call him Nate foot and Hallmark. From Wibs and uh, Carter Bouchart's yeah. going to be there. Bigfoot, Michigan. Rob, oh, we're we're going to be having a great, great time, and uh, we want everybody to get on in there. And we'll give more details coming up here in the next couple of weeks.
8: Awesome! I'll yeah. definitely be there with my crew. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, you. If you want to. Uh, go now and put your reservation in. Uh, just go to e- email us at info at com. That's info at com. Let us know what package you want, if you just want a regular package or a VIP. And then uh, what you want to do is uh, uh, just put your name on the list for right now, and then we'll get back to you to confirm everything. Man, I, you know, yeah. I, I know we've got to get through Christmas first. Okay, but I am pumped for Vegas this year, man. I am pumped to fun. get back there and uh we're going to we're going to uh do some real special stuff uh for our people and our uh, and our guests yeah. for that night and our uh VIPs and everybody like that. So, uh it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun hanging out and uh I look forward to it. Very much look forward to it.
8: Me too. And I'll be bringing all my toys and my gear. So, if people want to take a look at some Gen three night vision and take a look at what radar looks like, we're gonna try and bring all the mobile versions of all of that stuff.
1: Well, that'll so go good. That'll be that'll go good because we are planning, Tim, on the Sunday night. We are planning on on actually uh, doing a skywatch outside of Vegas. And yes. so I know Misha Johnson and Melinda Leslie want to do one. And yeah. if you got the motor home there, hey, that, that'll 100%. be a that'll be a part of the fun for by the way, that's included in the cost. That's included in the cost. That's amazing.
8: Yeah, and yeah. Night Watch is amazing to do with Melinda Leslie, period. That's the reason to go right there.
1: Absolutely.
8: That's very cool. And Jim will be bringing some books. So people that are looking for signed Jim Jim Goodall books, I know I will. I'm, I'm going to bring a yeah. few I have. Maybe I'll have some extras. So. Well, we got to awesome. get him
1: autographed. Got to get him autographed. I mean, Jim is uh, – Jim Goodall, there, there's not enough good words on this planet to describe the legendary status of, of Jim Goodall and the quality human being he is. And he's a real he's a real bright spot for our uh, for our field and uh, and flight and space travel and secret space programs and secret flights and Area 51 and stealth programs. He is the brains of it all. He really is. Tim, when we come back from the break, we're going to get back into the UFO world because the SCU, the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. Gave out a big report here, and we're going to talk about that and what it's all about. Could the SCU take a real lead in disclosure? Here's how they'll do it when we talk next. OB Flett's already pumped up for Vegas. You got to see OB Flett. He's a monster, man. He is an absolute monster. Big dude. Cool. Big dude. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Yeah,
8: I got to sit in on uh, Deocean's deep woo. She had a live show. Got to meet her. Very, very interesting live show. Yeah, she's out in your chat there. I have chat on tonight, everyone. So feel free to put questions in caps. I guess if you've got something, you know, we could hit. Keep it on topic. I guess Dave likes that, but um, yeah, Dave, it's so good to see you, buddy. Look it at is, that man. smiling face. Yeah, you can, you can oh, you've got some it. energy. Yeah, you've you got energy know,
7: tonight.
1: dude. I, I, you know what? Uh, I'll tell you what, what did it for me. Was I woke up really groggy. I went to bed at like 10 o'clock last night. And I woke up really groggy this morning. Hmm. And, you know, I took my, you know, usually when I wake up groggy, uh, I, I get ready. I, I take my son to the bus stop. And because it's cold outside, you usually get that that cold hit of air, and it wakes you up real quick. Well, it didn't. Oh, yeah. It didn't do that. Hmm. And, maybe you're depleted. And you maybe depleted. I, I went. Content. I went to the shower. You know, and I hop in the shower uh, this morning, and I brush my teeth in the shower. I know, weird for some people. That's weird. I just enjoy doing it there. And I and I hit that spot of my throat twice with the gag reflex. Oh. And you know, I had my mini wheats for breakfast, and the next thing you know, I'm puking in the shower. You know. What? And right from there, man, right from there, I have felt like crap all day. Been having puke burps right up until like huh. minutes ago. Wow. And and, uh, I'll tell you, it was, uh, it's weird, man. I just don't feel, a weird day. don't feel a hundred percent. Not Yeah. 100%. Well,
8: whatever, whatever this lurgy is that's going around right now, we, both of my little ones are not feeling great. And it's, it is that kind. It's the, it's the upchuck kind, which oh. is no fun.
1: Yeah. And, so and I you gotta hope re- you're and you you got to realize man. I am such a wimp and a baby when I puke. Like oh, really? I I you am hate the, it. I am the biggest baby. I'm crying my eyes out, oh. you know, and all this kind of stuff. I cannot handle puking.
8: I hate Yeah. Puking. Yeah, that sucks. I I kind of like I had a stomach thing for a while as a young man and then it um, I I had a procedure, so I don't have it anymore. But I got really good at throwing up. It was just like a, bah! and then fine.
1: Oh, <laughs> I me, could man.
8: probably have thrown up between classes, and no one would have known.
1: Oh, not me. But
8: uh, I it's I, no fun.
1: No, it's it's not fun at all, and I don't appreciate it. And uh, not. A, I hope not you get over it quickly. quickly. Yeah, I'm sure after a good sleep tonight. I'll be okay, but uh, um, it's just the way it is.
8: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you do? Well, it is kind of that time of year. And are your little ones in school?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. It, yeah,
8: so they could be bringing home the same sort of stuff my little ones are. Yeah. Yep. No fun. Oh, look at Jim Goodall so,
1: blaming me. He's down at even my rescue, German Shepherd, Scarlet, barfed three times this afternoon. It's all your fault. Oh, thanks, Jimmy. It's
8: going around. Even Jimmy's dogs are not feeling well. Bummer. Mm.
1: Huh. Yeah. Leave it. Leave it all to me and blame me. Oh, my hell?
8: gosh. The the unknown is throwing me some real compliments here. Look at that. You're still young, Tim, 29. Yeah. Buy this guy a case of beer. Plus
1: 40 for Tim. Yeah.
8: I'm 52. Yeah, you're 52. old. You're old. I had to think about it. I was born in 1970. I like to just count backwards. From
1: yeah, the... you're old.
8: <laughs> he knew. He's he's laughing. Yeah. Oh. A Little gray and nothing going on up here. So.
1: Well, I'm getting my hair cut Thursday. Get my hair cut. Oh Thursday. yeah.
8: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're keeping it. You're keeping it yeah, tight. You got yeah, the. Beard. I, got
1: tr- I mean, it looks you get, great. Get the tr- yeah. beard trimmed up uh nice. you know hey i want to say a big thank you to cat chaser kira surf chair deb thomas samantha tim steven and typical skeptic for the super chats tonight it's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis so thank you so much for your love and support here we go at the final half hour everyone we're taking tim to the top Rounded third, we're heading for home tonight on Space Down Radio. Thank you so much for the love. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. And our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Cherky Pooh's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio Tim Senor is here with the UFO report. We're going to get into the SCU, but first, Tim, I got to, I got to give a shout out to our listeners here. We're at 19,502 subscribers on YouTube, 498 away. You know, I don't ask for a lot, okay, (laughs) but I really, really want to hit 20,000 subscribers (laughs) before the end of 2022. That was my goal at the it. beginning of the year, and we are like right there. We're right there.
5: Have plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with Orca Coolers and Drinkware. Orca Coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class temperature retention. Orca's premium drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours. Their tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to OrcaCoolers.com and use promo code 15 for 15% off your order. That's OrcaCoolers.com, promo code 15
7: are you a jeep owner or do you want to come watch a jeep parade either way west baton rouge has you covered friday december 2nd it's the jingle jeep parade fun for all ages deadline to register is november 30th for details or to register visit westbatonrouge.net don't miss the jingle jeep parade in west baton rouge come for the parade stay for all the lights and fun visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the jingle jeep parade
1: so if you haven't already gone to our YouTube channel, okay, to check out our archives or listen to the live show and be in the chat room or whatever, we'd appreciate it if you went on over to our our uh, website or to our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio, and hit subscribe. It'd really mean a lot to hit 20,000 because you, you, YouTube value, you have different jump rooms. You have, you know, your first, your first hit is 1,000. And then it takes you forever to get to 10,000, depending on your channel, the majority of them. And then once you hit 10,000, your next goal is 20. And But from 20 to 50, it hits the algorithms different, and apparently the numbers just start to ride on in from there. So I'm curious yeah. to see if that actually works.
8: Yeah. You deserve a wide audience. You've got a really great show. Your guests are so diverse. Your audience gets a taste of everything in the paranormal. It's an incredible show, and you've worked really hard on it. And so you deserve as much success as you get, bud. You really do. This is your blood, sweat, and tears we're seeing. We're trying. So We're trying. Yeah. Yeah. We're it's tr- great stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Anyways, tell us what happened with the SCU, the Scientific Coalition of UAP Studies.
8: Indeed. So they had a presentation... And uh, they released uh, their first wave of data, and they released a bunch of videos from that live event to YouTube in a succession, I believe, of maybe half a dozen videos, about an hour and a half long each. And so you can go to SCU and find all of those videos, which stands for the Scientific Coalition for Unidentified Aerospace Phenomenon. And uh, they're pretty specific on that. And so it's, it's great. And so Richard Hoffman is the chair, and he presents. And um, they have a few speakers that are coming in via web. But um, basically, it was a presentation of their first wave of findings. Some of it included in the film by Carolyn Corey and UAPX. So some of their results are also included in there. Um, but it is basically a brief on how they go about their process and then the fact that they have uh, something like 160 scientists that work in this coalition. So it's not just a small group of people working on this and they work on a diverse group uh, um, or a diverse array of topics within this um, phenomenon. So for example, um, and we can go through it and I would love to kind of brief Um, some of the slides that i did keep and some of the notes that i took but for example they have it broken up into divisions where groups of researchers will do certain projects and they can elect to be on certain projects and in fact they're even asking for people that are interested to come and donate time to help research some of this stuff so we can all get involved but um they do things like um research a military base and all the sightings that are affiliated with that location and then they'll collate as much data as they can on that and present it and so the groups will each pick a different area and they all kind of collate that information as a group together and then they can kind of read what is considered a hot spot and what isn't whether it had nuclear devices or it didn't whether the public reported it or it was a military report and so they're starting to kind of refine things that way and so a lot of their research is done via armchair, if you will, but a lot of it is also conducting um, deep dives into already existing information on events, if you will. And I'm not sure if I'm being totally clear on that, but um, if you like, we can kind of go over what their releases were, but sure. what was your what was your general opinion, um, you know, just kind of like a wide stroke hearing this? as being an independent public um, resource.
1: Hear my sigh. I understand. There's nothing new. In my opinion... I think the direction and the directive of the SCU is completely wrong. I think that they have an opportunity with the absolutely brilliant minds that they have to be putting forward more than what they are doing. For a long time, the SCU wanted to be kind of like the the quiet, hidden group of scientists where you know almost like a, almost like a cult where you, nobody knows the names of the members, but we know the organization is out there. But it's been the last couple of years where they've really stepped up, and I know a couple people very closely on the board of directors that I speak with on this, and I've and I've mentioned that to them. I think that the pro- biggest problem that they have is that they are going after the exact same thing as what the government wants and and what the military wants. And we're not seeing that. And it's not just about the data of dots and speed and, and convergence and, and the technology is, this is a subject that goes well beyond that. So what exactly are they looking for? What is their mantra? You know, I, I don't think they have a primary directive that they could honestly come out and say. Now, I could be wrong about that. I might be being a little bit critical. Okay. I also know they don't have a proper media person to get the information out. The media person they use is someone who's never worked in media before. And he doesn't know how to get press releases out. The SCU, the minute the two The Stars Academy came out in 2017, the SCU should have been right there Opening their mouths, opening, uh, getting on the press, with everything, and they haven't done it. They haven't done it. So I'm I'm a little skeptical of what their directive is because, you know, I hear so many different things, and I think there's a lot of potential of what they could do to prop up the UFO world, but they're wasting, in my opinion, they're wasting all of these scientists for nothing.
8: Well, I am completely not surprised by your position because you and I are totally always kind of um, left and right on this. And so, um, you know, <clears throat> I can speak for them and, and in this, you know, they, are, they have a very clear objective, um, you know, they have gone very methodically about this in order to not only put this organization together, but to get funding. So, go ahead. Let
1: me ask you this: If they have a clear objective, okay, why is it not public? Why have they? Oh, it is. Yeah, but putting it on a website does nothing. Does nothing, Tim? We've got stuff on our website that I know listeners of ours have never been to our website. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. The SCU has the power to be the number one voice of reason, not political, not governmental, but strictly scientific regarding the unidentified aerial phenomena. And they haven't yeah. done it. And I've talked, to, I, I've talked to one of the board members on this, about yeah. this on how they have dropped the ball due to their media person who seems to get everything he wants in the UFO world. Okay. I'm sorry. I have a real problem with people who claim to be journalists and have never worked a day in journalism. Right. All right. So,
8: and and if I, yeah. And if I may just briefly rebut, so um, they just briefed Congress. That's massive. Um, so, you, you know, UAPX, which is a division. And then let's consider this. Um, so I personally consider them a resource for any of my data. Yes. Anything I consider interesting, I can run it by them. But again, I'm a nuts and bolts guy in the same field as them. But um, I think perhaps you're, you, ha- you are going to start seeing some change because this is a very young SCU you're seeing. And it, it is very much form-fitting to the needs of the public. I think that things, comments that you make and other um, influences, influencers, um, they're taking that stuff on board. Um, I think that they're very much a committee that listens. And it, it's, I mean, in my experience, and after meeting Richard Hoffman and having a um, an interaction with him, I can tell that he is somebody that absolutely is very fluid with these concepts and, and understands that there's no real decisive leader in this or real one correct voice. And and I think that the fact is, is that they do have a very clear objective here and it is to lend support to the narrative that this is real and anything that they can do to prove it out, I think is part of that, um, that objective. And having Ryan Graves speaking for them um, and you know representing the fact that, um, in, his, in his experience, this is very real and it needs to be considered because it is no. part of our era. Ryan Graves is
1: a, and I What an ass I am right now for cutting you off. I, I apologize. Oh, no, you're I, fine. You know, Please. Ryan Graves is brilliant. Let's be honest. He's a former fighter pilot. He is now taking on the UAP stuff very, very seriously. Built a company around it. Great. Okay. What's Ryan Graves though? Military. If if the SCU wants to be successful in this, they can't go Galileo. Galileo, in my opinion, is completely tainted with scientists who are who are um, attached to the government, attached to Alphabet agencies, attached to military organizations. People who aren't scientists, okay? That's Galileo. No,
8: you're absolutely right. Yep.
1: SCU has to stay straight and narrow. They need a proper press uh, uh, people who know how to write a press release, who know how to email a press release to the major media outlets because they haven't had any coverage throughout this entire phenomena on the news the last five years. And I blame their PR person for that, who once again is posing as a journalist and is not a journalist. Okay. And I brought that point up to board members too. I said, would you hire, would you hire a, a a golf cart mechanic to cook you breakfast in bed? If you're at an exclusive restaurant or at an exclusive hotel? No, but he plays one at home. He plays a chef at home. What's the difference? I like what
8: you're saying because it's important to disseminate that information.
1: Uh, No, and and look, I'm not putting the blame on one person. This is an entire board that wanted to stay quiet. Now they want to get loud. They don't know how to get loud. I've tried explaining it to them, how to make it loud. I even volunteered my time to do it, okay, And no, this isn't sour grapes or anything like that. Because frankly, I don't have time for much. I barely have time to uh, enjoy my own life. You know that, Tim, you know, (laughs) but, but the whole point that I'm saying is this, if you're going to do it right, do it right. There's nobody questioning the SCU's brains or what their study says. These people are brilliant. They are. They're educated. They have worked in places and seen things, and and have, uh, that the majority of us will never ever see. But we need the SCU to be on our team, T- and I don't know if they fully understand what that means, Tim. I don't think they do. Right. And they might come out and say, "Look, we're on everybody's team," which is the Progressive way of doing things. We don't need that. This goes back to what I was saying in the last half hour, where I feel really troubled by the UFO world right now. Who is on our team? Who is on our team, Tim? We think Lou Elizondo is on our team, right? But he works for Space Force. We think Travis Taylor is on our team, but he works for Space Force. We think other people are on our team, but guess what? They're all tied to the alphabet agencies. Who is on our team to allow us as the public to have accountability? Because you know what? Right now, even with Ryan Graves involved with them, guess what? The only videos that matter and the only experiencers that matter are whom, Tim?
8: Come, I don't know. Come on. You, can, answer dig for me. you can dig in
1: deep. You could dig in The
8: individual. The individual experiencer. her.
1: The, no. Really? The military. The military. Military the eyewitnesses. The, those are the only eyewitnesses that count right now are military I eyewitnesses and civilian pilots. So what you're doing and what you're putting your uh, amazing time into, Tim, does not matter to the SCU. Right. Does not matter. What we do on this show does not matter to the SCU. It should, because they need to be our voice. They need to be. Right. And they don't know how to get there, They because they have a few people on there who, who have no problem saying they're better than us. Okay? And they, they are wanting to go down this government nuts and bolts that doesn't prove anything. And it's, it's going to be a crap show and a failure when it doesn't have to be. Doesn't matter how much good stuff you put out. Anyways, I'm rambling. You go ahead.
8: Well, no, no. I mean, I, I absolutely understand where you're positioned. Um, the thing is they're really attempting transparency and they're, you know, really trying to remain unbiased. They do show their work they are looking to present but let's consider this it was a little bit hard to watch Richard Hoffman have to start off his presentation by explaining that these are their first round of results and that he already knows that skeptics are going to tear it apart these are brilliant minds that are very tentative putting a toe in this water because of how it's already just such a hot topic, how, you know, you, it's really hard to present any data without it being just shredded by the piranhas in the water that you drop it in. And so here are some people that are trying to trying to take a real serious look at this, and they are, believe it or not, on our side. They are looking to um, find some evidence of something that is very elusive, right? And so... The first five minutes of the presentation from SU is explaining that none of this is definitive. We are open to people's scrutiny and we're open to other results. This is our first round of results. They shouldn't have to even explain that. It's it's a shame that this topic yields that kind of sensibility, even from our top scientists. It shouldn't be like that. They should be very comfortable presenting. And I found that a little upsetting. Now, here, that's just me, and that was the first round And this is a very young company that we're seeing. I would love to see better PR coming in the next year. You know, I would also like to see them taking on more programs. that are independent, like myself, which they are, because I've already arranged for these sorts of things. But I can see that this is a company that is literally just a blob that's been thrown in the air. And each time it comes down, it's going to look a little different. So... I encourage you to keep an open mind, but I do understand your skepticism. We've been burned in the past, but again, this is a refreshing change. And I would love you to consider the fact that we do have people working tirelessly to get some details that we can actually call provable evidence, because it's the one thing in this field we lack is real proof and evidence, and that's what they're bringing. So please dive into the videos that they presented. Let you know, let your mind wander if you need to reserve, uh, you know, an opinion until the end. Go for it. But um, there's a lot of detail, a lot of of um, you know data there. So try to just get through it. But I, I do feel that this is a path in the absolute right direction. We need more independent researchers on this, Dave. I know you may not agree, but the only way forward for me i i'm not that concerned about sharing the results that i personally get you know um but i i, I don't mean that that way I, I mean like it's important that we remain focused on the like they're not so concerned with pr because the important facts are the numbers they're focused on the data you know what I mean? And I kind of understand that. I'm very focused on that, too.
1: I, I understand with what you're getting at, but I will say this. To the thousands of people who are going to listen to this show, the data means nothing. The data means nothing. And I'm not saying that to be a jerk, okay? And we can continue that when, when we come back, okay? But these people want results. They want answers to what we're seeing in the sky, Okay, Numbers and figures aren't going to do that. People working for them, understanding what they're about, like Dr. Uh, Edgar Mitchell's free experiencers, that's what they want. They want those results. Tim will agree to disagree on that, my friend. That's why I love you, is we could always have a good, candid conversation about things like that. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music spaced out radio rocking us in and out of every single show get your horns up for the guitar god himself special thanks to everybody listening in at home at work in your cars wherever you may be thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight on spreaker youtube twitch lgap facebook the space travelers club and on twitter at hashtag spaced out radio Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home.
8: In a world longing for big flavors and big fun comes Carmex Mini's Lip Balm, the biggest thing in lip care. A pack of five mini lip balm tubes in five fun flavors. Carmex Mini's, big flavors, big fun in a mini size. Tap to shop now.
7: In a world longing for big flavor and
8: big fun comes Carmex Mini's Lip Balm. From strawberry, fresh cherry and wild berry to cool mint and peach mango, These five cute mini lip balm tubes fit in the palm of your hand. CarMix Minis, big flavors, big fun in a mini size. Click or tap to shop now.